This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And you actually had to, like, stretch the window out to be able to make sure you saw all the cards in your opponent's hand? Oh, really? So, ironically, we're all complaining about this guy cheating when he was really just utilizing the feature of Moto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. And of course, they rag on me for not talking enough. <laughs> Nice. Listen to me now, bitch. That's <laughs> Jay Boosh. You know what? This is how it works. I'm not old as fuck, and I don't play idiot. And those are the two things that apparently matter when you want to play mind flavor. Scotty. And and I cashed that GP. Like that's legit. Like for me, being just the fucking dad grinder, that's a huge deal. And Jeremy. Sometimes you just have to be that guy. We're like, oh, you want to play some modern? It's like, yeah, I want to play some modern. And like also spend a lotus bloom and they're just like oh why did i want to play modern with you and now the a-team hey everyone welcome to episode 220 of the a-team podcast this is kyt once again with my three best friends as uh, we anxious i haven't counted i'm looking forward to how many dragons we're at in uh, dragons of tarkir uh but uh <laughs> introducing first dad mr scotty mac how's it going Super awesome. Thank you for asking, son. I am, uh, I am doing just great on this fine, fine evening. <laughs> and we got Jeremy Schofield. How's it going, Jeremy? It's going very well. Very, very well. Okay. And last but not least, uh, hopefully we get to the 80 Dragons count, because I want this guy to <laughs> do something on video. Jay motherfucking Boosh. Yo. You just want to see him fuck himself. It doesn't matter whether it's on video or not. Actual. <laughs> well, I don't think we're even close. I don't think so either. I think some of our fans have been keeping track for us, but. Yeah, uh, they have. Yes. <laughs> it's close. Dragon count. Yeah, we need like a. We need like a scrolling ticker, like CNN. <laughs> That'd be really good, actually. But, uh, yeah, I think we're at, like, what, like, 30 or something, maybe? Maybe? Maybe. Like, just yeah, a right. website with a number. It's, like, number of dragons left until yeah. Jay actually fucks himself on or off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It didn't even make sense, though, when I when we didn't even say, like, 240-whatever cards and... Like, 80 of them having to be dragons means, like, how many creatures are there in the set? Like, I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's very obvious. That's why Jay was 100% ready to, like, fuck himself in the ass on camera. Also because there's dragons. no fucking way right. they would put 80 dragons in a set. The set could be called Dragons of Dragondom with dragons. <laughs> and they would do it. Well, it was Dragons of. Like, it started off that way. Yeah. It's true. 
I don't know how many dragons Tarkir has. If you don't kill a couple cockroaches, they get really, really crazy. That's, that's true. It just fucking go everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there was a chance to kill the cockroaches, and they didn't. And now the place is cockroach infested. Well, unless you look at like those fetch lands full of dragon, I mean, cockroach bones. But that's that's yeah, that's what happened. This is the story of they took away the newspaper. It's like really weird, right? Is anybody else like feel really weird that you see like Zergo as a seven-two badass, and then now he's like a now it's like we're going back in time, and he's a two-two wimpy wimp. Yeah, like does anybody else like feel that way? I think it's fucking weird and stupid. But that's the thing is, I think they're trying to make it feel fucking weird and stupid. Ugh, they're like frat boys, nerdy frat boys. That's what it's like. All right, it's fair. Was that a complaint? No. I've had a few people tell me that, but but no complaints about our last episode. We got a lot of positive uh, reviews on that. And, what? Uh, by the time people are listening to this one, which comes out on Thursday, it's my birthday, so I'll be motherfucking 30. Boom! Well, Holy yeah. jeez, you're old. It's over. It's over. It is officially over. Yeah, like, just <laughs> fucking throw in the towel. <laughs> you know, you, you pretty much have to propose now. Like, get married, have some kids, get a little house, you know, way picket fence. Yeah. You're, you're all, all the exciting things in your life are over now. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> Um Later on the, in the show, because uh, I'll be revealing the spoiler also. For Why Maddie would we Pryor talk about it later? On well, like by the time, like at this point listeners? here, everybody who's listening has already seen the card. There would that's be like, oh, the new A team, and then they're like, oh, wait a second, here's that's not the... true because I actually released the A team at three a.m. and I'm going to circle much that's later. Not... So we can't do it right now. We have to do it later. No, no, not that. No, yeah, no. Yeah, like... no. My point is that we can't. Well, so we can't talk about the card right now. We have to talk yeah. about it later. Then we have to make people listen oh. more. Right, 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 right. We've so. got to leave it in just for the diehards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that on tap, then, uh, Jay, you played. Uh, so okay, can we start with something? Because I actually want to. Uh, did you play Blue Block Control at F and M? Yeah, the fun police. Oh no. Okay. We can't start with the complainer. Yeah, okay. So 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 let's let's talk about uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step up here. I played in a GPT for Toronto this weekend. Cool. It was modern. I played Team Geist. Uh it was uh which is an aggro control deck designed around the blue, white, and red colors, revolving <laughs> around Geist of Saint Traft. Is that like Jeskai? It's basically a Jeskai burn deck with Geist of Saint Traft and interactive really? flash creatures. That's wow. what the deck does. This is so good. So it was, so it was great. So I, t- I took it out, and, and I basically played the list exactly as I said I would play it in my last article, which was cutting one core Firewalker for a Spellskite in the sideboard. And I, played, and I cut the Moorland Haunt, which was the third colorless land, which is always a little bit of a greedy reach for us, but you know, it wasn't really until lately that I was paying for it. Uh, and I added a second Sulphur Falls, because... With uh, the four colonnades in the deck, we really had like a, a glut of blue and white lands, but we wanted like another come into play untapped land to be able to preserve tempo and fix color. So I chose the Sulphur Falls because it's still blue, which is really important because we have a lot of like spells that rely on lots of blue. Like if you're getting into Counter Wars or Snapcaster Wars or any of that shit, 
you need a lot of blue mana. And alternatively, if you're casting Vendillion Click with counter spells and that sort of shit, you need a lot of blue mana. So, it's all spells got not. Um, I played, it was a five-round event. Uh, David Goldfarb was there. Uh, Tony from Face to Face was there. Peter from Face to Face was there. And uh, so there's, there's like a, a good good chunk of people that were in the room and, and a bunch of other people that I don't really know. But uh, Jeremy um, ended up, who I play later on in the, in the day, actually was a, is a fan of the stream. So shout out to Jeremy and his brother. I don't have a brother. Not you, Jeremy. <laughs> Other Jeremy. Other Jeremy. But, uh, but yeah, so, so I, I went to Meeple Mart for this one. So this is uh, Rye ABC, as you guys know him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, this is the store that he opened in Chinatown. Oh, cool. And uh, gorgeous, gorgeous play facility. Best chairs I've ever sat on in life at a Magic tournament, at a Magic really? show. Yep, absolutely. Probably better than the chair I'm sitting at in my home office. Oh. Wow. So yeah, it was so it was really good, and you know, good size space to play. Like I, I didn't feel clogged or you know bogged down. It was fine, and no it's like on haunch action. None of that. None of that nice. shit. Yeah. So it was sweet. Um. So I, I went out, and oh, it was almost late. You know, had to spend like the extra ten minutes of uh, value wife time before I left just to make sure everything was okay. So I like sped like a motherfucker. I was going like 140 kilometers per hour down the highway. For those of you, uh, which that's 85. Approximately eighty-five, ninety uh, miles an hour for those of you uh, that do not apply to the metric way of life. Um, for those got, of you that are wrong, yeah, uh, I wasn't sure I was going to go. I actually had to try to find two sore temptations for my sideboard, and it's like three o'clock in the morning. Um, Ryan Nightingale, level two judge in the area, who was judging the event, actually got to me and was like, "Hey, I've got one," and Ryan, of course, had one, but they both pulled them out of their cubes for me to use them. So I was like, "Oh, okay, sweet." So I was able to play in the event. Sit in my first round. And uh, my first-round opponent, nice enough guy, Thomas, he's playing a black-green deck. And I thought for a second, I was like, okay, so it's like Jund or whatever, or Junk or whatnot. And he goes like, uh, turn one Thoughtseize. I'm like, oh, okay. Turn two Forest. I'm like, yep, here comes Charmogoyf. And he goes, Sir Kerr, Tribalder. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so it turns out he's running, like, basically a Nickfit deck. So for those of you legacy aficionados, he's playing a modern version of Nickfit. I thought it was the Death Cloud deck that Reed Duke brought to Baltimore, but that was not the... Or not to Baltimore, but to Vancouver. But that was actually not the case. So he was running this deck that basically wanted to do things like Primal Command. Uh, and, like, tutor up an Eternal Witness, put a land on top of my deck. You know, then play Eternal Witness, recur this, and put another land on top of your deck. You know? Combine that with cards like Muanvoli Acid Moss, which is like, kill a land, ramp you a land. Like, it's... So, like, that was the deck. And, and like, he plays all sorts of, like, ridiculous threats. Like, he's playing Garrick Wildspeaker, which is, you know, creates guys, which are, you know, a pain in the ass. He's playing Discard, so that's a thing. And uh, Black Removal, you know, so all these, car all these like, good cards. Just good cards, like Murderous Cut, pretty good. And he's playing, like, Fatty Boom Baddies, like, Grave Titan and Worm Coil Engine. <laughs> Anyways, so I, w I was really concerned. I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. I ended up 2-0-ing. Uh, I got some very, very good draws and a lot of burn and got there. Uh, round two, my opponent was burned, which is great uh, because I have now Firewalkers and Spellskite. So, anyways, for those of you that are somewhat familiar with the matchup or at least familiar with what burn is supposed to do in modern, it uses a series of one mana, three damage spells to kill you as fast as humanly possible. Now, what's really effective from my deck is that over the course of two games, 
I was able to draw seven copies of Lightning Helix. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Seven is more than four. <laughs> Over two games. Oh, okay. Yeah. But in the first game, I had four copies of Lightning Helix, and the second game, I had three copies of Lightning Helix. Both of those games, I also won. Round three, I play against uh, Jund. Gentleman by the name of Andrew played against Jund. Uh, supposed to be a pretty good matchup for me. I uh, went to three games. He won game one. I won game two. And then I, I lost game three. Or it's, I won game one. He won game two and three. I think that's more likely how it went. And I ended up, unfortunately, uh, like all the games I think were winnable. I just probably made a mistake somewhere, threw something away or whatever. But anyways, couldn't get there. Uh, next round, I play against Boggles. Jeremy. Fan of the stream, fan of the show, Jeremy. Boggles. Other Jeremy. Yeah. And like small tournament, I figure X2, I'm dead. Right? So I'm like, oh, great. Boggles. Like this is one of the biggest nightmare matchups for me because they gain a million life points and their creatures don't get touched by my infinity removal spells. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, all right. So then I start shuffling up and I draw a card, draw a hand, have to mulligan it back, draw a hand, mulligan it back. I'm down to five cards on the draw against Affinity. Or against, um, against Boggles. Boggle. I actually almost get there game one. I have to fade his final draw step of a, like, I have to fade one draw step of him drawing either Daybreak Coronet or Unflinching Courage. If he draws either one of those two cards, I lose. If he doesn't draw either one of those two cards, in that specific draw step, I win. So, of course, he top decks it. But that's sweet, because it's like, I was on a mold of five, and that's pretty gross. So stealing a game one from Boggles is good anyway. But, like, on a mold of five, almost getting there, I felt invincible. So game two, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I draw engine explosives, and, uh, and I get there, and then game two, I get nothing, and I get, or game three, I get just tucked in. So I'm like two and two. And I check the drop. I check the Dropbox. I'm chatting with him for a bit. I give to, I give Ryan back his, his sewer. I go to give Ryan back his sewer, and he's like, "Oh, you're done already?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "What's your record?" I'm like, two, two. He's like, "There's gonna be one or two X twos to get in." He's like, "You should probably not drop." I'm like, "Ugh, fine." So I took the sewer back. I went back to the judge. I'm like, "Right, I need to undrop." It had been like three minutes. I'm like, "I need to undrop." I made a mistake. Apparently, there might be an X two or two to get in. He's like, "Maybe." So I took the sewers. I slewed it back up, and I went back to it. So I sit down my next round opponent, and it is the bug deck. And, like, I think this is probably the worst nightmare matchup for me in the entire room. It's playing Lilianas and Counterspells and Tasikers and Tarmogoyfs and Discard. I'm just like, I'm so fucking ranched right now. This is just not even fair. Like, oh, well, I guess I'm going home. And I, sure enough, I pull it out in two quick games. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, is this happening? Like, he was the, the guy that I was playing against was the only guy with better breakers in me because everybody that I had played against and some of them that I'd beat were like above me. I thought, okay, well, this is fucked up. So maybe? Anyway, so we start doing the math and we realize that there's this match happening right beside me between two players. And if those two players happen to fight to a draw, if they just happen to, then I jump them both in breakers and squeak into top eight. So I'm sitting there next to them. And it's this, like, it's a blue-white-red match. So blue-white-red Geist, right? A more controlling version of the deck, slightly. Versus the fucking mono-red or mono-what, like, mono-red moon deck, right? So he's playing, like, turn one Blood Moon, Trinospheres, and, like, crazy shit like that. And it's, like, almost like red-white, but it also plays, like, the Resto Angel Kiki-Jiki combo, 
So like that's what he's trying to do. Like you'll yes. never you'll never fucking win with that combo. Like Kikijiki never lives against blue eye red. Like it just never does, especially like under Blood Moon. So they literally sit there and just smack each other's dicks at each other until they draw. Wow. So I draw into top eight. I'm like, oh my god, that's insane! And so, of course, the last time I was at one of these was for GP Toronto last time, and Daniel Fournier was there, and Daniel Fournier and I, like, battled right up to the end, and, like, that was when I'm Only Here for the Buys came up, and I gave Daniel, I gave Fournier all of the credit for the buys. I was just like, I don't care about any of the credit, I just want the buys. He's like, I concede. I said, okay. <laughs> like, like, that was it. So, for, um, Anyway, so Goldfarb's there. He makes it into top eight. He's playing robots. I'm like the biggest fucking nightmare matchup in the world for him. But we're like, well, hey, well, you know, if we are on opposite sides of the bracket, he's like, Scotty, the dream's alive. Like, I want to be against you in the finals so you can scoop me all the credit. Like, let's, let's fucking do this, man. Right? So I sit down against my round, my quarterfinals opponent, and who is it but poor Jeremy again. So I'm like, well, at least the matchup's going to be quick, and I guess I'm going home right? Boggles again. I am so fucked. Well, sure enough, game one, I'm able to get Burn Spell, Burn Spell, Geist of St. Traff. Okay? And it's like Lightning Bolt, Helix, Geist of St. Traff. He has Boggle with, um, like, I guess the Reach Enchantment or some shit, and Spirit Mantle, which gives him protection from creatures, right? And so, so then, all of a sudden, he stops swinging at me because I have Geist on the table. And he has to respect the six damage from guys so much that he just he's just not attacking. Right? So my guys is sitting there, I'm drawing an unyielding amount of burn, and I'm just like burn spell, burn spell, burn spell, burn spell, like end of turn burn spell, snap burn you, you know, and just like swing swing, swing angel, you know, blink. Anyway, so I, I, I steal game one. I steal game one. I'm like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. This is this is insane. My life is charmed. I don't know what's happening. I almost left here. I like I literally almost left. I was dropped for 55 fucking seconds. What are we doing? So, game two. We sleeve up. Shuffle up. I open up my opening hand. I'm on the draw. And I look at my hand. And it includes one copy of Wear and Tear. It includes one copy of Lightning Helix. It includes one copy of Geist of Shade Trap. It includes two lands. And one copy of Spellskite. Gee, I won. I won that game too. So I like so I win the quarters against Boggles, which is like the damn near unwinnable. Like it's it's at best a seventy thirty matchup for me. I think like because like game one is so such a shit show, and then game two and three like is closer, but still like it's really hard. So that was sweet, and then so I then I go into the semifinals, and it's Jeremy's brother, and his brother's playing Affinity, and Affinity is. Probably a pretty good matchup. Like, as long as they don't assemble the combination of uh, plating and champion, I'm looking really good there. So I sit down, and I'm like, okay, let's go. And he mulligans to five, and he's on the play, because he had a higher ranking, right? Like, I'm on my, the back foot all day. So he mulligans to five, plays out, land, uh, plays out like land, signal, pest, memnite. And I'm like, oh, God, it'd be really sweet if, and I peel the card off the top of my deck, and it's the miser's fork bolt that's in my deck. And I was like, Scalding Tarn, Steam Vents, Fork Bowl? Anyways, won that game. Game two, I get too aggressive with uh, a wear and tear uh, to try to like kill all his lands that like he plays. Mox Opal, Glimmer Void, uh, Ink Moth Nexus, and then taps them or whatever and casts like uh, uh, Ravager. So I bolt the Ravager end step and I untap and I wear the 
uh, Mox Opal, leaving him with end of turn, kill the Glimmer Void. So he's back to like just one fucking land. Um, and unfortunately, it turned out that I was just like, he had another Glimmer Void into another threat, and just like, he just had it, he just kept it going. So had I instead chosen to deal with the cards that actually matter, like plating, instead of trying to land fuck him, I probably win that game. So I got too aggressive and it cost me and I got punished. And in game three, I find myself in a scenario where I have like bolt path, snap, snap, and geist and land. So, so like turn three, I've got this window where he's already resolved to plating. He's got a nexus on the table, a couple artifacts. And so I have this window on turn three where I can play Geist of St. Traft or I can leave up Snapcaster Path or Snapcaster Bolt or something. And I can't remember which one I cast first. It might have been, I think it was Bolt. And so I should have jammed the Geist because then it puts the clock on him and he's not, he's probably not interacting with it. And it gives my burn spells and Snapcaster burn spells reach, like gives me a chance to win that game. Instead, I play too conservatively and get punished into, like, I inevitably lose to a board of double champion, double plate. And I just get fucking shop right. So I end up winning, like, 90 bucks or something like that in store credit or whatever, which was, um, That's pretty good. which is, like, better than a kick in the ass. Yeah. And it, GPTs, I think, are pretty good multipliers for Planeswalker points, so that's okay. Um. But, I, but, like, the deck was perfect. Like, it literally was perfect. I would run back an exact 75 in the dark for my life right now. I just love the fact that, like, you had to get, like, the unintentional draw. How good was that, right? Yeah, that's, like, insane. <laughs> and then draw the absolute nut against, like, one of my worst matchups the next round. That's pretty sweet. And so ev- after every round that I won, after the draw, Ryan's like, so, uh, didn't you almost leave today? <laughs> and then of course I beat Boggles and he's like yeah weren't you like out of here almost and I'm just like fucking stop it already but yeah it was so it was a, it was a good uh, it was a good day overall it was fine the store was great everyone was fantastic and uh, and had a good time and I didn't win which is frustrating because I think I had a real shot at it had I just gotten out of that match because the other table was like the black green player which I had already beat and he, he ended up winning, or he ended up beating that guy, I think, that he was playing against, because he was, like, way ahead. So had I just stuck around, I would have had, like, a really good shot to actually just win the damn thing. But shit happens, I guess. So that was my day. I played Magic, and it was fun. Cool. Yeah. I watched the pilot coverage. I watched some standard coverage, GP Miami. There's a lot of cool stuff that happened. One of those cool things that happened is that uh, they unveiled this green-white devotion deck on everyone in standard, which basically says gain infinity life, create absurdly large board states, and uh, basically take all of the fun out of magic. Yeah, there were some people who were playing that on, like, video and stuff like that. Like, I think I think there was a Channel Fireball video and uh, an SCG video. Didn't, like, like Raging, Raging Gumby, Gumby take that to, like, second place? So his deck had a couple copies of Mystery of the Unseen, and it was sort of like the breakout tournament in public for that card because people started to look at that and go, wow, that card alone did so much work. And then they realized that, well, if I put this into a green devotion spell shell with 30 creatures and Nick those for infinity mana, then I can just make this card completely retarded. Yeah. Whisperwood elemental is a pretty good thing. Yeah. So anyway, so Jay, it made me think, and I watched these matchups and like 
The finals, game one of the finals took 35 minutes. Wow. Because it was the Green White Devotion Mirror. And it made me think about something that you had said so many episodes ago, which then, of course, spawned the, the quote where you were like, God damn it, why is it that I come up with Mono Black Control and someone like Owen does it, and all of a sudden he's like the best deck battler in the world? Shit, yep. I, yeah. Well, I think it's finally time for the Black decks to start sideboarding Erebos. Oh, interesting. And that's what I thought about yesterday, and I was like, you know, Jay's going to love to hear about this. That is so awesome. So you played played your FNM, right? Yes, I did. And what did you play? Uh, I played blue-black. I don't know if it's blue-black do nothing. It, like, because you feel like you're doing stuff all the time. But But probably in reality, you aren't. You probably in reality are just being the fun police. So, I played uh, that. I'm trying to find the link for it, because uh, I would like to at least be able to tell you guys what I actually played. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, it's like a typical blue-black fun police I guess deck, you could say. So, I'll, uh, I'll go through it really quick. It has one creature, just Pearl Lake Agent in the main. Yep. And then it plays uh, one to gate, uh, three disdainful strokes, four bile blights, one dissipate, four dissolves, four downfalls, uh, one vault, the perilous vault, one silence the believers, three murderous, or sorry, three crux of fate, one murderous cut, three jaces ingenuity, two ugans, and four dig through times. So like you're you're just clearing the board over and over and over and over again, and then you are um, just killing them either with prolate agent or ugan. Is the kind of the cool the thought? So, um, and like I said, like you can tell from the deck, it's like a super fun police deck. Like you just don't do anything until you, you know, you just stop them from doing anything until you kind of ranch them. So, I my meta is um, all control all the time. I just wanted to try blue black. I didn't think I wasn't like meta gaming it and you know picking something that I thought would do well. I just picked something that. I wanted to play because I hadn't played FNM in probably three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed this uh, and I didn't want to play mono red. I know that mono red can destroy and does destroy my, my meta. So I didn't want to just play that because um, I've done it before. And it, I mean, I know that right now it'll be fine um, kind of thing. Like um, because my meta is all, all control. Sure. So, um, I wanted to try this just to see how the deck ran. So I made some changes. So at the start of the tournament, I took the three Ashiox out of the sideboard and I put them in the main and I took out three Bioblights. So I played one Bioblight main and then I, I still had like four Heroes Downfall, five Wraths and a Murderous Cut and, an, and two Ugins. So I was like, I'm fine. That's a fucking... That's still too much removal. Um, And actually, in... Like, there was games where if I didn't draw... No matter what the matchup was, where if I didn't draw the Ashiok, I didn't didn't win. I had no chance of winning. Um, So this deck is very much a deck where you... Basically, like, one-for-one them until you can slam uh, a threat and win the game. 
Okay. So the, the problem with this deck that I have is that it has three threats that win you the game. So it has Pearl Lake Agent, which is a fucking house. I knew it, and I've been saying it forever, and I'm right. Uh, and then it has Ugin's. So the, the biggest problem I found with Ugin is if you, and maybe, I don't know, none of you guys play Ugin except for KYT. So maybe hey, KYT. Hey, come on now. Carry on. You play Ugin? I've played Ugin. Yeah, carry on. Oh, okay. So maybe you guys can kind of tell me about your experiences as well. But basically, I found Ugin is like a really expensive but really good uh, permanent wrath, right? Like he hits all your enchantments, like all the, the uh, what are they called? Ascensions. Yeah. Um, he gets your uh, other planeswalkers. He gets the creatures. And then he gets like a bunch of cool stuff. So, But I found that that's basically what he is. Like if you wait for him to be like a 10 or an 11 drop so that you have counter backup, uh, it doesn't actually matter because you're playing a deck that has no threats in it that Heroes Downfall kill except for seven drops. So they always have two Heroes Downfalls in their hand. Always. Um, every deck that's a deck plays Heroes Downfall except for mo- like Mono Red and this Green-White Devotion list. So And, and Heroes Downfall is an amazing card, right? It's basically like what Dreadboar would have been if it was an instant. So it like... Uh, it, it's always there. So I found there was a lot of turns where I was like, yeah, Ugin, uh, Wrath you. And like, there was a lot of turns where I was like, minus zero, get all your tokens, and just feeling hard as granite. And then they're just like, yeah, end of turn, uh, Heroes Downfall, you're Ugin. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And they follow it up with the old draw go, which I'm happy to see, but like, I'm, you know what I mean? So I, I much rather have, like, there was lots of turns where I was like, yeah, fucking end of turn, Pearly Agent. Uh, and I had the pearl. I could have cast the pearl agent like probably ten times, but they would play something, so I would counter it and not have enough mana for pearl agent, or not have enough mana for pearl agent and like a counter spell or removal if they did something. Um, so you just waited, 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 and then you played pearl agent, and pearl agent's fucking the tits because of scry and game life lands, which no one needs to be told, but yeah. it's like so good. Like you just play it, and then they just. Everybody, the thing is, like, everybody knows that you're playing Blue Black Do Nothing, so you're going to take just forever. So they all make you run the clock. They even said it to my face. There was a couple, <laughs> there was a couple guys that said it to my face. They just said, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you kill me. I'm just going to make you kill me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, and, and I mean, I did finish 202. Yeah, uh, but more on that a little later. Okay. But um, but yeah. So so for me, the main thing. So like I said, I went through the. I went through, I'll, and I'll get Kyle maybe a link to the deck list because I can't seem to figure out how to do that right now. Um, but the main thing for me, if you go if you go back or and you listen, uh, this deck, like I said, has three threats. It has two Ugins, and it has the one Pearl Lake Agent. I feel that this deck needs four threats. Again, because there's a lot of times where your threats, if they're not a Pearl Lake agent, they just like they just do their one turn thing and then they uh, they die, kind of thing. If that makes sense, you know, like Ugin is like a seven mana modal spell almost. So I feel like I want another threat. I feel like you know there's a Silumgar in the sideboard, which is like fine. I never got to play Silumgar. Um, and I mean, he does have hexproof, which is really good because it solves that hero's downfall problem. Because that's like the, the the problem with hero's downfall is that it's too good almost. Like the decks that play it, um, 
they don't necessarily have to side it out or, or even do ever side it out because they know you have Ugans and probably Ashioks. So they don't ever have to side that card out. Even if it's a dead card on turn four or five, whatever, they know that your win condition is to get them with um, is to get them with a an Ugin. And if they draw two, it's still not the end of the world because they know that uh, they can either try to get your Pearl Lake Agent and then you, you know, bounce it to your hand and then they try to get it again. And then, like, that's a really awkward choice as a control player is, like, choosing to bounce six fucking lands. Yeah. Like, like you, it's re- that's really difficult to come back with. The deck does play 27 lands, so you've, you're very rarely, like, not... Um, don't have enough mana. Although, like, there's a lot of double blue in the deck, and then all the black spells are almost double black as well. And I feel... So right now, the land is, like, one of each fetch that only gets blue or black. Obviously, four of the blue-black, four of the temples, four of the gain life land, and then it has one Urborg, and then it has two Radiant Fountain, uh, which are the gain two life. Radiant Fountain, actually, I need to take back a little bit of what I said about it, so... I don't think it's worth it to play. KYT, when we were talking about it with Chapin and um, Flores, they were playing four or something, right? Yeah, Flores is playing four. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that that's even close to good enough in this deck. You can't play four of them, I don't think. But I think that you can probably maybe play three, and if not two for sure, because I didn't realize this, but it it doesn't come into play tap. Yeah. So that's like a huge. I thought it came, I thought it was like the other game life lands. So not uh, coming into play tap is a that's a huge deal because there's turns where you can bounce lands and then replay your pearl lake ancient because you have the untapped land and you still have two scry lands or a scry and a gain one life land in your hand. But you you would already have the pearl lake ancient because you you know you got to untap play your gain two untapped land and that's super relevant and I didn't realize that before. So that's my bad. But uh, like I said, so in the in the like in the sideboard for like extra threats, you have um, basically Silimgar, and then you also have like Tassiger, who I never brought in. I ne- I never knew when to use my Tassiger, like what matchups I wanted him in, and I never knew what I wanted to take out for him. Like I guess, um, and then you have like an extra wrath. You have a couple Drown and Sorrows. And, like, actually, I felt that this this um, sideboard was really... I didn't even really care if I had a sideboard or not. Like, you have three Thoughtseize and three Negate. So there's your, your control mirror, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you have three Ashioks, which, in my case, were three Bioblights, because I did that switch. Uh, you have two Drown and Sorrows, a Perilous Vault, and Ether Spouts, which is, like, the instant put all the creatures so on the good, top of the ball. Yeah. It is very good. Nobody's playing around it right now. No, it's very good. Um, and then it has a Silimgar and a Tassiger, right? So, uh, like, I felt like the, the sideboard really is like, is your opponent playing aggro? Well, instead of having five or six rafts, put ten in your deck. And Or is your opponent playing control? Well, instead of having five or six rafts, take all those out and play more counterspells. That was what the deck was. Yeah. So I felt like I didn't really, I don't know if there's decks other than aggro or control right now, but I felt like if I ever encountered them, I was going to die because I didn't really have a sideboard plan. And my sideboard was kind of boring. Uh, that's a weird complaint to have. <laughs> but it was like, it, that's, it's boring. Like when you look at your sideboard and you're like three thoughts, these three negate, you're like, oh, okay. Just, I guess I'll just shore up my blue black do nothing deck by having more do nothing cards. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so then, so I went 2 2, or sorry, 2 0 2. So in round one, 
I drew with Mardu tokens, or not tokens, I'm sorry, Mardu uh, aggro. So one drop blood, blood soak champion or whatever that guy's called. Yeah. Uh, also the Mardu champion, the white one, uh, the king, the, the red black king, who is absolutely annoying against control. Holy shit. So the, what's that guy's name? Timurit? Timurit? God, really? Timurit? You you couldn't be Timurit? He's just super, he's like super annoying. So basically you, they play him and you have to kill him. When you kill him, all they do is sack one of their other guys to to dome you, right? Then the Timurit goes to the graveyard anyway, and they, they, they like raid one of their bloodsoaked guys back or play a one drop. And then they, you try to kill that and they bring back the Timurit. And if you don't try to kill it, then they bring back the Timurit anyway. So you force them to use their their mana, and you make sure they can't attack so they can't raid back Bloodsoak Champions. Then they replay a Timurit, and if you don't have a fucking counterspell, then he resolves. And if you, and even if you do have a counterspell, if it's not one of the dissolves that exiles him, then he fucking gets you anyway. And the guy <laughs> hit all of his fucking Timurits all the time. Wow. There was a turn, there was a turn where I was so sick of seeing my third Timurit that I cruxafated it. I was like, no, fuck you. Wow. So that card's like super annoying, especially when you're playing like twelve or sixteen one drops. Like his his deck was, and the, the reason we drew is like in game one he just absolutely hammers me, like he just fucking fists me. Yeah. And then in game, or sorry, in game one, in game two, I just I, I, I like keep an opener of like three lands, three vile blights, and I'm just like, yeah, I fucking snap keep this. I'll one for one this all day. I don't even care. Like. And that's what I did. On his turn two, where he attacks with a Bloodsoak Champion, I think... It, is that even the right card? It's like the one drop that raids back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I fucking Bioblight that. Because he's going to play a threat this turn anyway. If I let him attack, and, and then, like, wait till end of turn, the best case scenario is that he plays another one, and I get to Bioblight both of them. But in my experience, he hasn't been doing that. He plays the 2-2 two, two that if you have a white or a red permanent is like a 3-3 three, three first strike or something. Okay. So I'm like, so I he's going to have one threat on the board regardless because I have Bioblight is the, is the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is he ha- I get him with fucking Bioblight, right? Like that's the best possible thing. Yes. And I don't think that that's worth taking two damage, and letting him have a raid trigger so that he can attack, fish out the Bio Blight, and then just wait on the 2-2 that's in his hand, and fucking play, replay the raid guy with his own raid trigger. So I Bio Blight that, he fucking plays the 2-2. Then it's my turn, I untap, land, go. He fucking attacks, or goes to attack, I Bio Blight that guy. He plays two Bloodsoak Champions. So I'm like, fucking great. So then on his third turn, I fucking get him again before he attacks with the super ultra bio blight of getting both your blood soak champions. But now his graveyard has like five fucking guys in it, three of which that can come back any time he attacks. <laughs> so I'm just like grinding this fucking matchup out. And then uh, like he, I basically like got him with like, a, I don't know, incremental like Ugin damage over like stuff. And then like, I think I ended up actually beating him by Ashiokking something bad and just finishing him off with that. And then game three starts and we're like at turn, basically. But if I had one more turn, he was dead. Uh, I think we had, I think we had like maybe three turns and then we hit turn. And so I ended up having six turns total because uh, I was turn zero and I, I, he was at like one life or something. Or I was at one life, but he was at one activation of Ashiok away from being dead. Wow. And we drew. 
Because he's like, I'm not going to concede because you're at one. And you're not going to concede because I'm basically at one. So we draw. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And it was it was a, like an acquaintance of mine, Sam, that I've played a couple times where he's a super nice guy. He's like super into magic, but not like in that way, like not in the like hammer you over the head way. But like sure. if you want to talk to him about stuff, he's super open to talking to you. So I was like, yeah, let's draw, whatever. I don't care. Like I'm prepared to draw this deck all night anyway, and I'm basically just playing to play. Then I went into my next two matchups and absolutely dominated those by doing nothing and winning. So that was great. Um, this is very, very similar to the blue-black do-nothing list when Liliana was around, but after Sun Titan had rotated out. Yeah. Although you don't have anything as powerful as like a turn three Liliana with Mana Leak or whatever the, the counter was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very, very similar. Like you, I found that I just did a whole lot of land go and had an answer for their cards, and just one for one to them all day, every day, and then waited till I played a Perlink Ancient. Every time I played an Ugin, it got Hero's Downfall, so I feel like Ashiok is super good at either absorbing um, Hero's Downfalls early, so that my Ugin can get through, or is super good later for just fucking hammering them. Like, there was, um, in, in my second match, I played against... I want to call it, like, Mono Green Nykthos, like, big ramp. Like, on his turn, on his turn three, so my turn two, he played an Ugin. Wow. Yeah, I was wow. fucked. I was fucked, except for the disdainful stroke in my hand. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, this was, like, a, basically a small child. Like, he is, I think he's, like, 14. Cool. And, uh, he was, like, very upset with me. Like, he was... I almost, I actually had to talk to the store about it, not like in front of everybody. And I made sure not to like, and we talked about like, Hey, you don't have to do it now. It's fine. Like he's not getting out of hand and he has a little bit of a, I don't know. There's like, I don't, it's not like a mental disability. It's like maybe an emotional disability. Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? No idea. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, I, he, I... but, but anyway, he's, he's a, you know, he has special needs or whatever. And so I was like, Let's definitely not make this kid feel like shit. He already feels pretty bad about me, you know, quote unquote, being a jerk. So, but yeah, on on my turn two, he played a fucking Ugin. Wow. Like, without cheating, like, without, like, not cheating, cheating, but without, like, some crazy, like, sneak attack or something, right? Like, he played it with mana. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. And the, and, uh, the only thing that kept me in that game after I disdainful stroke that is on my turn three, I ripped an Ugin. Uh, fucking, or not Ugin, um, Ashiok, Ashiok him, he had a Courser at the time, he had a Courser and the, the, the one, one guy that flips over four cards and puts sure. the graveyard, and then he had like land, right? And Stay he had, uh, yeah. yeah, yes, thank you, Theta Wayfinder, and then he had uh, a Sylvan Carrioted, so he, uh, he, or no, not a Carrioted, just the Wayfinder and the Courser. Sorry, okay, yeah, the Wayfinder Sorry. is what I meant, yeah. Yeah, 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 so he, I, I Ashiok him, Hit his, uh, hit, I think, like, uh, like two nothings and, uh, Sylvan Carrioted. And then he attacks my Ashiok down to one with, uh, his, like, Courser of Truth fix. And I, uh, no, he, he, like, doesn't attack it. Yeah, for some reason he doesn't attack. I don't know what he did, but he didn't attack. So on his turn, or on my next turn, on my turn four, I put his Carrioted into play, which puts me to five mana. For end of turn, either Treasure Cruise, Jace's Ingenuity, or counter with Hero's Downfall backup, because I have another Disdainful Stroke, wow. and I have a Dissolve, right? So, because I haven't played any cards, I've played the one Disdainful Stroke and the Ashiok I ripped, right? So I still have all my openers in my hand, and that's the only thing that kept me in the game. 
And uh, and he actually got like really upset when I countered his whatever his next spell was, and he just skipped and didn't want to play anymore. So um, I mean, we played two two games, and I beat him in two games, right? But he just didn't. He just scooped kind of early because he had no cards left in hand. I had five cards left in hand. Ooh. And then for the, like, he just, like, ended up going, like, draw land, draw land, draw, play a spell, like, yeah, counter it. And he's like, yeah, of course you do. And then just, he died, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was fun. And then my next match after that, I don't, oh, fuck, it was so cool. So I can't for the life of me remember this guy's name, but he's a super fan of me personally. I don't know if he listens to the show, but he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, I would say he's between, like, say, like, 15 and 19. I can't really tell his age because he's at that weird high school age where in between F&Ms, it seems like these children are growing like nine years at a time. Sure. So him and his friend are like super fans of me because I've played the, him at F&M before and he thinks I'm hilarious. And then we went to the, the pre-release once and he told his friend, he's like, hey, that's the guy. And his friend's like, oh, are you the guy? And I was like, uh, who wants to know? And also, you don't fucking recognize me. And then his friend <laughs> thought it was so hilarious. And so then the whole he crushed me with blue white heroic oh, at this pre-release. But he thought I was hilarious, and I tried to be light the whole the whole game because if I wasn't light the whole game, then I would have like I hate blue white heroic. So anyway, long story short, back to F and M. I'm playing this guy, and he's playing like I have no idea what he's playing, but it's like Teamer Burn. Like on on my turn. T- uh, one end of turn, his turn two or whatever. He like end of turn magma jets me, and I'm like, well, that's weird. But maybe he doesn't really have a whole lot in his hand, and he wants to scry. And he thought maybe I'm playing like a creature ish deck because I've been playing Abzan, and he kept kind of maybe not a super aggressive hand, but maybe one that could like control or or sustain. And now realizes I'm playing blue black based on my lands. So, because he's actually like a very smart player, um, and so he's just you know using his spells properly because there'll never be a chance for him to ever have to use a fucking magma jet in my against me ever. And then he goes his turn th- or end of my turn three, because he just goes land go right after scrying at the end of my turn and then playing a land at the end of my turn three in which I do nothing. He just guy charms me for four, <laughs> so I go to thirteen and I'm looking at my life total like. Ah, 13, eh? or 14, I guess. And I'm like, hmm, so what is happening? What is going on here? This is very odd to me. Game one, that's exactly how game one goes. He, like, is Riddle of Lightning-ing my Ugin for, like, 11? With, like, the stupid, that stupid uh, take another turn card, which I didn't realize was 11. I thought it was, like, maybe 8. That's 11. Uh, the Delve one. And then I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then he wins game one. And in game two, I'm like trying to sideboard. And I'm like, am I sideboarding against like Teamer, like Teamer Burn? Is that a. Or Jeskai Burn? Is that like a real. Oh, Jeskai Burn. Jeskai Burn's a deck. Jeskai. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, which, yeah. Which Teamer charm, Burn which, is not. Which, no, no, sorry. Which, which charm is it that deals four to the face? Jeskai. Yes, right, so yes, not Teamer Burn, yeah. Jeskai Burn. Did you but see, I, did you again, see Mantis like, Rider also? No. Oh, but geez. I'm like sideboarding, and I'm like, he has to have Mantis Rider, right? Because <laughs> that's basically a fucking Jeskai charm. Like, yeah. you, even if it just hits me one time, like you... <laughs> so do I leave in my removal? 
what is happening? So I do some sideboarding, some fancy sideboarding. I don't really remember what my sideboarding is, except for that I do make sure that I put in all my negates. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and then I'm like, whatever. So then I open, I, I start opening hand. And I'm on the draw because, um, no, I'm on the play because I lost. So I'm looking at my opening hand. It is four lands and three negates. <laughs> and I am snap keeping this. So I go land go. He goes land go. I go land go. He goes land go. I go land go because I am not really drawing anything. And he goes magma jet you at the end of turn. And I go negate that. And he goes, okay, land go. And I go land go. He goes magma jet you at the end of turn. And I go negate that. Land go, land go, magma jet you at the end of turn. Negate that. So on turn five, his, his graveyard is three magma jet. And mine is three negates. You can't write that. You couldn't write that in a bad magic book. So then I'm lucky because I am drawing like scry lands and like dissolve, which scries when you dissipate something. And he is drawing garbage. And Ooh. I have kept him off of six scries. So I, I don't beat him down quickly, but I do make sure he doesn't play anything for the rest of the game. Uh, and then in game three, he almost fucking gets me because I have no idea that he had this in his hand. He had, or in his deck, he has Narset, which is like a six mana three, two with haste and first oh, strike. Oh God. Yeah. Or X proof first strike. And when it attacks, you reveal three cards and you can, or four cards and you can play them for free. And this is his deck. So I didn't realize this until that moment, but his deck is like a combo deck where you try to get out Narset. I think it's on, I think you can do it on your turn three. It might be your turn four, but he has, oh, it, it's, I think it's turn three because it has Generator Servant in the deck. Yeah, okay. And God. then what you do, and it's a brew, it's a brew, yeah. Yeah, and because Generator Servant gives him haste, he attacks and will either flip up, hopefully, take another turn, or Riddle of Lightning, or the other spell that makes it so that you can copy a spell twice. Or all three of those. Uh, so, luckily for me, he never got to do that because I made sure to kill his fucking generator servant because it was the only creature I saw in the whole deck and was thinking to myself, well, it did, I mean, he could have another creature that he gives haste to, but I have instant removal for that, so who cares? And then I was thinking, hey, you don't have to use generator servant on, on creature uh, only. You could play a big fat spell with that. So I'm sure that he could do that. In fact, it was he just playing it for Narset, but I stopped him. So yeah, so um, it was a cool deck. He said he saw like a friend sent it to him from Channel Fireball. So it might be like a brew on there, but it's, it's not a it's real actu deck. It's actually a Travis Wood deck. Yeah, sure. There yeah. you go. Um, but yeah, so so I beat him, and then uh, in the last round, uh, I had a like I showed up, didn't have a second Ugin because other Jeremy forgot and doesn't know where any of his cards are. I also had no islands. Thank you, other Jeremy. Um, hey, all my stuff's in Korean. So, so yeah, so I was like, hey, does anybody have an Ugin for sale? And everyone's like, no. And then I'm like, and my friend Cody's like, well, not for sale. And I took that to mean he was playing blue-black tonight and, like, was using his Ugin. But then something clicked, and I was like, oh, well, do you have one for borrow? Or, like, using? I don't care if I if you don't want to sell it to me, I'll uh, I'll just use it for free. That's fine too. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. But I'm leaving at 9 to pick up my wife, and the last round of FNM starts at 9. So I'll just have to take it. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. At the time that we were going through this, I'm like, I'm probably just going to go, like, 002 drop or 02 drop. And just, like, I want to get the feel for the deck. But I end up going 201 into the last round. So I'm like, hey, Cody, what's your record? He's like, 2-1. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, he's like, yeah, and I have to go. So I'm going to take my Ugin back or whatever. I'm like, yeah, are you just going to draw with your last opponent? He's like, I'm going to try to. And I'm like, well, if it's me, for sure, we draw. He's like, ha, 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 okay. And then Brian, like, reads out the pairings, and for sure, it's me and Cody. So we draw, and I go 202 and get seven points for vicinity and got a promo and... Sweet! Played Blue Black, yeah. It was fun. So- I mean, he, he probably would have absolutely crushed me because he was playing uh, Blue-White Heroic. But, um, but, yeah, I had fun with it anyway. Nice. So your overall feel, then, for the deck? Like, is it just like Blue Black Do Nothing? Are you happy with it? Like, is it a deck you would play more of? Or? Well, so th- I, I would play more of it, but I'm not, like, into the, the I guess, the meta. I'm, like, too far out of the meta right now to know if it's a good position. Because you guys know me. I like so, so I think, so it's, it's funny you should say that. So I actually think it's a really good deck if it's something that you like. Because right. I think right now, if you were to play now, what I would do is I would play... Uh, I would have three. I would have access to three copies of Perilous Vault in my seven five. Right. Yeah. And I would most certainly have access to two, if not three, copies of Erebos. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I mean, two is probably plenty. But yeah, two is probably a lot because I found that you go through your deck quite a bit. Like I had a couple of instances where I could have decked myself mm-hmm. because, the, because the games were kind of going long. Because like with Jace's Ingenuity and uh, with um, Dig Through Time. And that, like, and then the fact that you're just constantly drawing cards because the game is going late anyway. Yeah. Um, I found like there's lots of times where like if they had a an Ashiok, I probably just would have been milled out. Well. Yeah. So. But yes, I I agree with you. I also am looking at Grind Clock. Ugh. See, I think oh. you're fine with Ashioks. We you don't even need Grind what? Clock. I I think so too. See, this is the thing. As soon as you say Grind Clock, everyone's like fucking filthy casual. But uh, I looked at some lists that were played at PTQs, and the, there were some that were running up to and including three. And then uh, there was a guy there that was playing blue-black control that, thankfully, I never had to, to play beside. Um, but he, or I never had to play against, but he had grind clock. And it was, like, unbelievably difficult to deal with from all decks that he played so far. Mm. Like, basically, there's not a whole lot of cards that are being played Slash in the in even in the format, but there's not a whole lot of cards that are being played that can deal with it in the decks that are are playing it. Yeah, um, like there's what like uh, Reclamation Sage maybe. Yeah, and there's uh, I think Reclamation Sage right now is actually like in the green decks is 100 percent man deckable at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think 100. percent I think so too. Uh, and then there's like Utter End, but like if you're using your Utter End on my Grind Clock, that's probably <laughs> not my Ugin. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably super fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just things like that, right? Where and like because Grind Clock is a two drop, and you you're not doing anything on turn two generally in this deck anyway. Um, you know, unless you get like a lucky hit your Ugin with my Disdainful Stroke, or you know, yeah. negate your three Magma Jets, I guess. So, I mean, like, it's it's just nice to go, like, grind clock and then have them just not have an answer for that, and you have inevitability. Right? It would probably have to replace Ashiok. Uh, probably. I mean, in my meta, I might be able to easily replace it with, like, one of my 
fucking 100 removal spells. Mm. That was the only thing that I kind of didn't like about the deck, is that I felt like I just had, even against, like, that Mardu aggro deck, I just felt like I just had, like, so many fucking removal spells all the time that if I didn't need them, uh, then I had, like, I just had nothing, right? Like, yeah, you have treasure crews, um, but if you don't have treasure crews, that's like, that's like all you have. Yeah. And so you just have a, have a handful of downfalls, and you're just waiting for them to play anything. And if you and if they don't play anything, then you're like, well, I'm not putting pressure on this guy. And and that's the thing that I have with a lot of the do nothing decks is if you if you can't switch from um you know the do nothing into the beatdown at some point, then like you can let them back into the game sometimes. Because you're not pressuring them, so they don't have to just draw and play their card, right? Like with your deck, there's a lot of times where you wait uh, to play your Ugin, or you wait to play your um, Pearl Lake Agent because you don't have to, and you're waiting for um, like a backup spell, like a, a counter. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's the same kind of thing with them. Like they don't have to snap play the first threat they draw because they know you're going to be able to kill it, so they can wait until they either have a counter of their own if they're playing those colors, or until they have, like, a second threat or a way to protect it, right? Um, and so I feel like you can you can let them back into the game sometimes, which I don't... I'm not a big fan of that, right? Okay. Um, Blue-Black Do-Nothing was so good back in the day because you had an early Liliana, so that if they had nothing, you were making them discard stuff, and you could back it up with early Mana Leak. Mana Leak was, like, so fucking good. Yeah. So, yeah. Good old Mana Leak. Mana Leak. So, yeah, that's my long, drawn-out uh, FMM. It's pretty fun. I think it's good. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. yeah. Complaint free. I love it. Complaint free. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Great Clock isn't that, that bad of an idea. It's it's obviously seen some play. Some people have been talking about it, and I mean, it came up again also um, this weekend after watching the green white devotion mirrors basically almost going to time. Like, you basically will never kill the green white devotion deck. Like, you just through regular damage, you just never yeah. will. Yeah. So, I mean, you you have to continually sweep the board and then just deck them aggressively. I mean, that's a plan. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like with like with Grindclock and Ashiok. You have a little bit, obviously, of a faster claw, <laughs> but also, like, I find Ashiok's kind of vulnerable. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, Grindclock is way more resilient than Ashiok's ever going to be. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Kyt, you played some Magic this weekend. I did absolutely nothing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Jesus. Boo. Jer. You are Yo. playing some this weekend. Some Mattern. You are playing some Mattern. Have you a decided P- what P- you're P- playing P- yet? Well, um, again, I don't have any time to really test. So, uh, our good friend Sean McLaren, friend yeah. of the show, always said that, you know, it's not necessarily having the best deck in the format. It's having the deck that you're most comfortable with. You know, play a deck, know a deck, understand its matchups, and that's yep. kind of the best place you can be. So with that in mind, I love jamming my dredge deck, so I'm probably going to jam my dredge deck. Nice. I think Graveyard Hate is sorely underrepresented right now. Yeah, I think that there's a a hole, and it can do some really obscene things. 
And the Dark Deal thing has been a lot of fun. And I am just, like, wrecking people with Big Game Hunter. Like, the card is probably one of my favorite cards in Modern right now. Nice. That is the uh, Black Black 1 for the 1-1? One, one? Or is he a 2-2? Yes. Two, two? He's a 1-1? One, one? One. Yeah, when he enters a battlefield, you get to destroy a creature with power 4 or greater. Why yes. this is exciting is he has Madness. Yes. For one but black. even just doing that, like, just killing Seedrine was, like, is a great feeling. Yeah. He was like an all-star in my uh, junk commander decks because I would play him next to like absurd fatty, like Sun Titan and yeah. Survival of the Fittest, which was a cute little engine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a really good card. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, are, there, are there any matchups in particular that you are like overly concerned about or like, I mean, given your knowledge of the format but maybe not you know play experience um boggle is the one that i'm kind of scared of um because they have so many lifelink cards yeah it's almost a non-deck it comes up maybe once a tournament but okay yeah yeah exactly kind of a non-deck um the death and taxes style decks that are still pretty fringe uh they can be really tough um i feel really good against junk type decks i feel really good against I feel good against a lot of things. Okay. Um, the ones that I'm afraid of is like, obviously twin is kind of difficult. Um, like I have a lot of stuff on the board. It's like the number one deck right now too. Yeah. Like it's, it's difficult, but one of the things that I feel comfortable is, is that I play against it a lot. Good. Like it's a matchup that I've played a lot. I have a lot of reps in that for whatever reason, when I play online, I'm always playing against the twin player. So that kind of gives me a little bit of an edge. Sweet. Yeah. And so where is this PTQ? PPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPP
my I have a shelf in the middle of my office that's pointed towards the window and just doesn't do anything. Oh, jeez. Um, all of my cards are in boxes. Like, I'm just in really rough shape. I have not put any, like, time into the actual office or my magic collection yet. Like, I have this beautiful cabinet that I finally just got them. Like, it's they finally repaired it, and it's still... I haven't done anything with it, so... Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not the worst. Not the, not the best. Not the worst, not the best. That's yeah. very true. Okay. All right, well, I, uh, I guess... I guess now, well, I mean... We, we were, were probably close to spoiler. We also have <laughs> uh, Thoughtseize to uh, complain about. So we can talk about that next and then, then go into this, I think. Because, okay, so did did all of you see it? Did only some of you see it? Like, what I is saw that? it. Yeah, well, you saw I did not. I need the recap. I need the recap. Okay, so SCG coverage, Grand Prix Miami, round one. Sultai Control versus Abzan, I guess. Okay, and Abzan player, uh, so Salte player, whatever, plays a couple lands, has two lands in play, and uh, then gets Thoughtseize. Three lands in play, rather. Gets Thoughtseize, okay? Puts, out, puts down his hand, and it's like Apex Predator, Ugin, uh, Silence the Believers, and something else. Right? Whatever. And a land. No, not a land. Not so, a land. Not a land. So then, opponent picks, picks hand up. Something was chosen. Silence of Believers was chosen. Okay? Because he had a, uh, because Abzan player had a creature on the board, obviously. Or saw that it was clear, then put a creature on the board. Yeah, and saw that the guy had, like, no, like, second land or whatever. No third land or something. Right? So, or no fourth land. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um... Draws, draws off the top. Okay. We see very clearly that it's a land. Okay. Shuffles his hand, plays the land, and then proceeds to Heroes Downfall the creature. What? Yeah. What? Okay. So where'd the Heroes Downfall come from? When he had laid down his hand, the last card, because he kind of like splayed it out, like he, he, he kind he of... splayed it out in like a five. Yeah, he fanned it out. But when he fanned it out, he had a hero's downfall hidden under the last card. Under the Ugin, yeah. Yeah. And he was stuck on three lands. Like, he was on three lands at this point here. Yeah, so he rips the land, and then he plays it off the top, and you see him hesitate on that first, too. (laughs) I gotta see this. Um, So it's in your email. I did email it to you. Okay. And then, yeah, and then, so the guy picks the, the card, the Thoughtseize card or whatever, and then, yeah, and then the guy, like, rips his land, he goes to put it down and then realizes like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't do that. But then it's already too late. He's like flashed his land kind of. So then he uh like then he like plays it and then thinks for a while, like while shuffling his hand. It, like appears to think for a while. And then the hero's downfall at sorcery speed the guy and says go. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it pretty much is. So, what do you guys think of this? Like, this, so this shit makes me sick. Like, I, I was, I literally watched it about three, four times in a row, and I just, like, my stomach bucked. Like, I cannot fucking believe that this is, if this is, this is okay. So the judge apparently 
the head judge talked to the player and deemed that it was unintentional and that it was a dexterity error on behalf of his opponent. Yeah. Okay. Of his opponent? Oh, I thought it was a dexterity error on his behalf. Uh, even still, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. The bottom line is, is like it doesn't matter. It was like, oh, I guess you should have just fanned him out, huh? Maybe if somebody had just like splayed them out properly, it would have been fine, huh? Yeah. This, yeah. this, this is disgusting. This is absolutely revolting. This makes me. It's because of this sort of shit that we're suspicious of absolutely every single person that plays Magic. Yeah. I cannot believe that this person was not just, like, strung up by their short and curlies for it. It's one thing you get caught at a table. You get caught on coverage? How fucking dumb are you? (laughs) You don't deserve to play, man. Like, there is no way in hell there's just too much evidence there that's real damning to tell me for a second that 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 was unintentional. At all unintentional. Yeah, like that's it seems when you watch it it seems pretty suspect. Um now the thing is somebody was talking to me about it. Is that legal what he did? Well, Cause like he, that's the thing like he, if like, you're intending to cheat a person. Well, no, no, no but without without the intending to cheat. Cuz like I just want to know if that's a legal play that you can make because like if it's legal then it's not cheating whether you intended to cheat him or not, right? Um cuz like he 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 doesn't he doesn't reveal his hand per se. He does put his hand down on the ground. Like he, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like it's, he, he, yeah, like it's, it's weird. Like, so Thoughtsy says you have to reveal your hand and it's an yes. accepted, it's an accepted shortcut that I put my cards like on the ground for that. Exactly. Like people will take a pile of cards and they'll drop a pile of cards on the table. Yeah. That happens well, all the time. Yeah, exactly. And then like it's kind of up to you, the guy with the thoughts these to like write that down, pick them up, whatever. But like he doesn't reach across to pick up his cards. And I'm assuming it's because he like you know, doesn't assume that this guy's fucking a dirty cheater. So then like it's like, well, like is it is it just a shady like angle play getting percentage points? Or is it like fucking illegal super blatant cheats? You know? And honestly, like, the tough part about it is, is that because there's, like, an accepted shortcut and all that, it really falls down to character. It falls down to what is this guy trying to actually pull? Like, is this guy trying to be scum of the earth? I guess. Like, if he's intending to cheat, but that's not cheating, then is he intending to cheat? Like, then does he still, you know what I mean? Like, like if, I go, if I go into I... a game, if I go into a game and I say, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to cheat and win this game. But I then never cheat. Am I cheating? You know, does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, if you drop the cards down on the table, and it just so happens that you manage to not reveal this card by accident, like, like let's pretend like Buddy went and flailed out his cards and actually just legitimately missed putting out one of the cards. That is completely different than a guy sitting there and going, okay, I'm going to hide this one in the back here and then put it out so that they only see yeah. this match. Yeah, for sure. And the tough part about that is, again, like, how do you dictate that that's what he's trying to do? Yeah. Like, wh- where do you find any sort of way to reasonably convince a person that he wasn't trying to corner shoot? Like, he wasn't trying to, you know, hide the card there. 
like the rules are that there is rules that actually dictate what you are and aren't allowed to do. Like when you reveal a card, you have to, if it says you're supposed to reveal all the cards in your hand, you're supposed to reveal all the cards in your hand. Right. You don't like reveal part of the cards and not the rest. You reveal all the cards in your hand. But by putting them all on the table for your opponent to manipulate, is that enough? Yeah, because you're basically telling him, like, do with it what you will, and if he doesn't catch it... Yeah. Right? Then, I mean, did you technically reveal your hand? Like, no? Yes? Because it's an accepted shortcut? I don't know. Have you talked about this with any judge bros? Like, has it been on the secret underground judge network? You know what? It talked a little bit, but really nothing kind of came out of it. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, like the the judges at that event are good judges. So, right. you know, it was kind of left for them to talk about and discuss and do their thing with. Right. So it, it's it's a really tough spot. Like that one there, it feels disgusting. It feels yeah. absolutely disgusting. Like it feels like super scum. Yes. Like I get that, but. At the same time, like, now you have to dictate what that is. Like, is that a case where you have to put a a rule in that, you know, something like that has to specifically happen or whatever the case may be? Yeah, it's interesting. And what do you think, KLIT? Did you see it? You've watched it now? Yeah, I keep rewinding just to see how, if it's, like... Because KYT's a magician, right? He can see if it's actually, uh, if he's, like, got it on the mechanic script or not. (laughs) <laughs> right. Literal, literal magician. Fucking Columbo here. Yeah. But what? Because like a lot of the like, it. It is pretty like it's. Oh, it hasn't amazed me because like Betcher and other people have tried to get away with like sleight of hand on camera. I mean, this is like, like plain in sight. It just like spreads it with one card hiding. Like classic. Not even, like, classic sleight of hand stuff. And, uh... Gets him back in the game. Does he win this match? Yeah, I don't know. I stopped watching, so I'm not sure. Okay, he still loses the game, but yeah, that's that's very sketchy. Like, super sketchy. Anyways, I, I just... I think it's shitty. I think that the fact that he got away with it is shittier. And I think that especially in the face of everything that's happening, like the, with the fact that it was on coverage and all that sort of stuff, like Thoughtseize is a card that everybody plays with anyway, and now it's just going to be another fucking angle that people are going to try to yeah, exploit or yeah. like call you out. It's just bad. Now, the, the irony of all of this is that for a while in MTGO, when you had a look at your opponent's hand or reveal your opponent's hand thing, the window was too small. And you actually had to, like, stretch the window out to be able to make sure you saw all the cards in your opponent's hand. Oh, really? So, ironically, we're all complaining about this guy cheating when he was really just utilizing a feature of Moto. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is super awkward. But if uh, if I'm on the blacklist for next month on stream, now I know why. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Worth. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, uh. Like, that one there is unfortunately one of those, like, you just have to. Like, always write down what's in your opponent's hand. 
Yes. Yes. Because then you can say, hey, what the hell happened here? How did you, yeah, how did you play a second or whatever? Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing, is the guy, if the guy paid attention, and the announcers, if they had seen it as well, then they would have known, like, yes, uh, the, the, like, the guy played two spells that were not in his hand, basically, right? Or two cards that were not in his hand. He played uh, the land and also the hero's downfall. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, it was, pretty, it was really easy to see what it was. Like, there's, yeah, there's, no, you, there's, no, yeah, there's no question. Yeah. yeah, if you're watching for it, for sure, you see it 100% of the time. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, like, like Jair says, you should always have pen and paper for life and stuff anyway, but also for little things like this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Agree. But it's like, that was like a really powerful moment in that, because the guy who cast the thoughts, he's like, he didn't really have any gas aside from that Tassiger. So he cleared the way for his Tassiger to be able to get some damage in. Yeah, and, and then, just slaves it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was shitty. Agree. All right, so is it time? Is it spoiler time or is it Let's poop story it. time? Spoiler time! Spoiler time! Spoiler time! Woo! Okay. So, as, uh... We're talking about grind clock, and in Master Beast scene, we get, we're seeing these enchantments, artifacts that are more uh, heroes' downfall proof. So I have an enchantment, a white one. What? One mana enchantment. It's a rare called Ooh. Myth Realized. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a lore counter on Myth Realized. Okay. Tap two color, uh, white two, as we <laughs> say on the show, white two, put a lore counter on myth realized. So, okay. you have three mana to awesome. put counters, or play a non-creature spell to put counters on this thing. And finally, the last ability, which makes it do something, for one white, until end of turn, myth realized becomes a monk avatar creature, in addition to its other types and gains, this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lore counters on it. Huh. What? I'm, like, mind-boggled here. Okay, so it's, so it's, it's, it's an enchantment. Mana? It's a one-man enchantment, and every time you cast a non-creature spell, it gets a counter on it. Yes. And you can add a counter on it for two and a white. Right. Okay. And then for one and a white? For white. Oh, just, for for, just, just for white? You can animate it until end of turn, and it becomes a monk creature with power and toughness equal to the number of counters on Correct. That's crazy. That's neat. That's a very cool card. Very cool. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I've it talked sounds to like, like, like a, a like cool it, little control, like, win card. Could be. It could also be, like, really good in, like, limited Jeskai decks. Oh, yeah. Right? You're playing cross oh, yeah, limited, cards anyway, right? Yeah, you're going to be playing that in limited. Yeah, because it's just like a guy that you can constantly grow and even... It's a Chromaticon or whatever. Right, even in the late game, you can just use all your unused mana, make it really big really fast. Um, and you know, I, that's the first thing I thought, Jeremy, um, uh, when I showed uh, Hain this card uh, in discussing uh, the article. Um, I thought it would be like... It reminds me like it's a worse... Luminarch Ascension? Like, Luminarch Ascension was insane, because yeah. you can make multiple 4-4s, 
And so this is sort of like in a weird way where you can like raft like it has synergy with raft. Like you raft the board, but you still have this thing in play. So you just keep clocking them. And because it only takes one mana to activate, you can sort of get in damage while having counter spell, uh, counter magic up. But it's probably too slow um, in the current uh, metagame. Like we don't want to top deck this against like the red white tokens deck or a lot of the more aggressive cards. Uh, a dex uh, in the format, you might want to bring it. I could see this, like, if blue-white control was actually a thing, you see it, like, being put in, brought from the sideboard, because it's one of those, like, really tough-to-deal-with type of cards. Uh, but what Alex thought would be the most broken, he thought it was, like, more so in eternal formats. Uh, he thought this might be an insane card in vintage and might be, you know, might spawn some blue-white or blue-white-red Delver decks. Because this thing is sort of like a Delver, but with yeah. mana investment. Like, you, if you play, like, Serum Visions, Gitaxian Probes, the same type of cards with this, this, can, this guy can get really big really fast. And again, it, the, the only problem is you have to invest one mana each turn to attack with it. But, you know, it's more resilient to, I guess, sorcery removal. But, but the con is, of course, it, it still dies to abrupt decay and, and some of the spells that are out there. Um, but you can easily outgrow... It from lightning bolt range, you can easily have it uh, outgrow a goif because you can keep growing this. Uh, whereas a goif can can just stay like four or five or whatever. This can easily go much higher than that. So I think this might be modern playable more so than standard. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's play this and a delver and just like keep keep the pressure on, keep playing cantrips, and I don't know, this this card could be really good. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not sure yet. Uh, unless I uh, before starting to play with it. But I can. That's that's the first deck I'm gonna try modern with it, which is like Delver this and like a bunch of cantrips. And uh, but is it better than Swift Spear? Probably not. So there's that as well. Um, but it's interesting. It's a good one. And the last rare I spoiled was Death Dealer. So hopefully this will see the same type of competitive magic play. I think it will. Well, and Death Dealer took a little bit of time to kind of get to that point too, right? Right, right. I don't know. I like this card. I think it's sweet. I think that it's going to see more than its fair share of play in Standard. Um, There's a lot of people that have been talking about blue-white control kind of breaking through, and this seems like it could be one of those cards uh, that it could utilize in the sideboard or, or whatever. Um, the fact that it only gets hit by instant speed removal is sweet. I mean, yeah, just, just heroic. Bit, it, just heroic, won't this? It animates until end of turn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like this is this is a good card for heroic, too. It's like another beatdown guy or another huge blocker, right? Because, like, one of the problems that that deck has generally is, like, if your opponent's putting stress or on a board state and just, like, trying to race you and you don't have the right combination of spells, then you know, you're getting just bombed. But, you know, it could be that maybe this is one of those things where, you know, you just, like, Voltron up a guy, and while you're swinging away with that one, you've got this, you know, potentially six-power creature on defense for one white. Right, right. So that's something else, too. Like, it's like, is this, like, a a Boggle-esque card in a deck where, like, you know, you're playing stupid things like Greater Oromancy, so, like, you're making the thing even harder to deal with? I mean, I think he just like went right off the deep end there on that one, but yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. I just like to try and think like what what cards would make like life really really difficult for this, or is there like some sort of like enchantment deck, like an enchantress type card, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you're kind of like doing like the going all crazy? It's a good question. Mm, yeah, like by going crazy, you keep putting counters on this thing. I mean, I like I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Is Sweet. the art good? Um. That's fine. It's, like, it's <laughs> not insane. Um, Jason Rainville, I think, from what I can see here. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's it's better. It's a better art and master of the of the pearls. Uh, if that's the card, I forget the the monk that makes uh, master of pearls. I think I like yeah. this art better than that, but it's not insanely better, so... <laughs> is it, like, is it Master of Pearls? Like, in the New World? Because, like, yeah, there's like, a lot of cards where the art is, like, it shows that it's a guy, but it's, like, a, a cons card, but done for, like, dragons. I mean, it looks like him, so... Don't all monks look like... Don't they all look the same in the set, though? Whoa, whoa, racist. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, they're all... They're all slightly, you know, a little bit short, shaved head, gentlemen that appear to be of the slightly Asian persuasion. That's all. I'm just saying, like, they're <laughs> all they're all designed to look the same way. That's the point of being a monk. Like, it's <laughs> uniformity. Jeez, the racism just spewing out of here. Yeah. It's the point of being... I love it. <laughs> right? Um, it's like to give up yourself and become part of... Anyway. Okay, I don't think it's the same guy then. He, this this guy has like a red necklace around him, so a redneck monk. <laughs> no, it's just like red beaded necklace around his. Sort neck. of like the Master of Pearls had a white one, except this one's red, but totally doesn't look like him at all. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. that. Yeah, Master of Pearls doesn't have one. Oh, okay, that's because he <laughs> threw it on the ground, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where the pearls came from. And somehow that gave everyone like an overrun effect. Yeah, 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 because their opponents are too busy tripping over the necklace, so your your guys get Uh get the advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Flavor flavor test right here. Ship it over. Let's go. That's cool, man. That's that's actually really neat. And it's a rare, you said, right? Yeah, it's a rare. Yeah. Myth realized. Sweet. It's a sweet name. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. For sure, for sure, actually. It sounds actually like a sweet card, and I'm actually excited that you got a, like an actual real limited card. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, this is for sure a... Yeah, just a first pick, just because you can, you can just keep growing it, and it's good at any stage of the game, like I said. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, worst case scenario, you top deck it on turn 100, but, you know, like, that's... You're like, lower counter, lower counter, lower counter, lower counter, untap, lower counter, lower counter. (laughs) I love lower counters. It's very good. I like it a lot. Sweet, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad it hasn't been preemptively spoiled by anyone else. As that has happened before. Oh, really? Yeah, when I was supposed to spoil Faded Retribution. Ah! Uh, That's the worst. And that was actually playable in standard. Yeah. It was very playable for a while. You got scooped. Instead, I got like I don't even remember its name. Like Vanguard of Brimaz, the two-two like the guy. guy. That, 
the cat guy that like makes a one one heroic, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. That would never see constructive play ever, but uh, was obviously an okay, uh, pretty good limited card because it makes dudes. But but that compared to faded retribution was a huge difference. So I was pretty pissed when it got spoiled by uh, who knows, like how how they're getting leaked. Um, but I think I think Wizards is well. They, they constantly try to clamp down on those and, and find the source, and uh, hopefully uh, they've they've solved that. Oh wow! I just really like, I haven't looked in the spoilers since our last episode. So yeah, there's some they, really good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, so Reed Duke today spoiled the new uh, color hosers, and I actually really like these in standard, like a lot. And I think some of them could easily see modern play too. Like the white and the black one could easily see modern play, I think. But uh, like the the white one is an instant white one. Uh, destroy target red or black creature that's attacking or blocking and uh, gain two life. There's one that's a, a self-inflicted wound is the black one, and it's black one uh, for... Uh, it says target player sacrifices a white... Or it's a sorcery. For target player sacrifices white or a green creature... And they, they lose two life. Right. So it's neat how those are sort of like, you know, the mirrors of each other. Yeah. Um, the blue one is sort of like, it's an instant speed frost cage or some shit. Whatever the hell that, uh, like ice cage. So yeah. you tar- So it's like a Tidebinder mage at instant speed, but it's, a, it's an aura for blue one. Yeah, like it's like really, it's awesome that it's an instant. Like that's... Or, like, Flash, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... I like that card, actually, a lot. It doesn't cost too many dollars, kind of thing. Yeah. Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, it is insane. Yeah, I think it's very, very good. Now, it's interesting because um, the price on Master of Waves is actually shooting up right now uh, because of the the three blue casting cost elemental that's out there. Yeah, which I don't know if that guy's good enough with. Maybe not, but if you combine the fact that now against the Devotion or Abzan decks, like Siege Rhino, Pelucranos, and the like, you now have a two-casting cost instant speed yeah. removal card for those that also pads your Devotion, is should not be missed. Like That's something that is totally relevant. So I don't know, man. Like it's been weird. The trajectory on that price has just headed up. So I mean, there's enough people that are talking about it that it's it might be might be interesting. And then the green one, of course, is the one that everybody is like. A lot of people are like super hot for that. I was talking to today, and they're just like, "Oh, you mean the one that says kill target blue or black planeswalker?" Yeah. <laughs> Jay, read that card. I don't have it up. Uh, I also don't have it up. KYT, go. Okay, I got it. Oh, Jared, go. So green one. Instant, destroy target blue or black non-creature permanent, yeah. or permanents you control can't be the target of blue or black spells your opponent controls this turn. feel like that is a super good card right now in standard for any of the green devotions. And it only costs two mana? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's like, yeah. it's like blank your removal spell or kill your Ashiok. Like, that's, yeah. that's fucking real good right now. Yeah, that ought to do. <laughs> Plus, it'll also kill a Narset. Plus, it'll also kill Sarkin. Both of which are, like, pretty wow. damn good planeswalkers on their own, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on Narset? Narset Transcendent? We don't uh, I prefer Narset over Sarkin. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think we did. We didn't. We, we did. didn't last episode. What? Yes, we did. Did we cover Narsa? Mm-hmm. We did not. We did not. No, I don't think we did. No. We just covered, like, fucking Dragon, like, was Silumgar, and which I'm one's better? I'm sure that we did. No, oh, we totally did. No. Yeah, she wasn't spoiled. We totally did. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So what do you think? This is, like, the first time I'm reading it, so... Oh, God! <laughs> KYT, live, live response. Six loyalty? What the fuck? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. 100%. Yes. I feel like I've had this discussion with you guys before about how I didn't really think she was that insane. All right. Well, first impression. She is the first planeswalker in a long time to actually hit the fifty dollars pre-order hype price because of the volume of sales of her. Yes. In the first like five hours, Star City hit. They're sold out. Like Star City actually cannot sell any more of them for pre-release, as I understand. Yes. Like, wow. That's ridiculous. It's like super annoying because it means I have to wait like two years for a Narset or I have to pay infinity dollars. Yeah, for the foil? Right. Even for the regular. Like, I'm not paying $50 for a fucking regular no, Narset. Fuck that. The foil should be 100 bucks easy. Yeah, easy. Garbage. So. Alright, so what does Sarkin say? Draw a card and add a mana to your mana pool. And that puts him to five. Well, that's not super great. It's not super terrible, but agree, it's not great. I don't think you're gonna play him and plus him, unless you're like, unless you're like naked board need a card. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then minus two is make a dragon, a four four dragon. So you could do that twice if he doesn't get interfered with. And then minus eight is search your library for any number of dragons for the other battlefield. So like, obviously, this card is not very good, right? What? No, I think he's he's quite good. I don't think he's busted. Like, I don't think he's busted. He's certainly not the Sarkin broken that people are talking about. I think he's he's actually pretty good. For a real non-commander deck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the yeah, I mean like There's no way that Absolutely. Is. I think so so I think you've got to look at it like Anthony Lowry did a, a reasonable article this week about um uh about a teamer mid-range list that he's looking to brew up. That includes a couple copies of Sarkin and like four copies of Stormbreath Dragon and four copies of the new Thunder whatever the hell dragon the the four four for four, or four yeah. yeah that like deal that lightning bolts people for dealing any targeting their any of his dragons or something and like sure it's like, that's cool but like if that's the deck and it's team or mid range and like he fits right in because like Sarkin you kind of want like you you want some draw late game right guess, for some gas like, and then even if you're just making more dragons like the sea of four fours is fine and if you ever but, like this guy just eats a hero's downfall right like. Sure, sure, but you I mean, just, like, even you're, you're if he eats five mana with three color requirement to get a four-four flyer, well, sure, but vanilla, what... like, well, okay, but you also then like, weird. but you get that left behind after your opponent has to discard a hero's downfall. Like, I think that's fine. The I return so. on it's reasonable, like, especially if heroes to, like, you have to consider, I guess, the fact that like hero's downfall is considered premium premium removal, right? Like, yes, it's fairly ubiquitously played, but in the hierarchy of removal in a deck. Like it's premium removal because there are there are some threats that people play like for example Stormbreath Dragon that like the only cards in Abs and that they have to deal with it is fucking Heroes Downfall like as an example right so if you're playing Stormbreath Dragon and other four four dragons that cost you know four or five whatever that are alongside the Sarkin and your opponent Heroes Downfalls your Sarkin that's one less down like and you have a dragon left that's also one less downfall for a Stormbreath Dragon. Yeah. So it's like it's like putting the stress I mean, on the on the yeah, removal, I guess so. right? 
I mean, Ultimate Price could come back if this is... It a, is back! No, no, I mean, like, Ultimate Price could be a... Like, I don't think Ultimate Price is a very good card right now, but, like, against a dragon deck that's making a bunch of red dragons, it is. So that could be an option, too, I guess. I, I actually think Ultimate Price is going to be one of the biggest ones that come out. Because, yeah. Especially right now, like... Like, if you think about the the creatures, like, red-white aggro... If you think about red-white aggro, it's, like, Seeker, Stormwrath Dragon... And fucking Rabble Master, all monocolor cards. Um, you're looking at uh, the Devotion decks, which are playing like all yeah, green or red or white creatures. Like they're all I just, monocolors. I just mean that like Bio Blight does the same thing without the restriction against all those creatures. Yeah, like except Mark that Bio Blight doesn't kill half of the ones I just mentioned. Well, it doesn't kill Stormbreath Dragon, but like and it I've doesn't never... kill Polyrkonos, and it doesn't kill Corsair, and it doesn't kill like anything in the Devotion shell that matters worth the dick. I guess that's true. I've never seen or played against that deck. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then, then that's, that's fair. That's my. That's just my experience. So I guess that's true. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, it, yeah. So I think I think Ultimate Price is actually a really big ad. It's a pickup, especially for for your deck. I think it's it's a very big ad. And like, I, I don't even I don't even know if Blue Black will play that. Well, like, I have so many racks that those other cards don't matter to me anyway. I have counter spells, and then I have Heroes Downfall. Like, yeah. I don't know what card I'm cutting for Ultimate Price because Ultimate Price doesn't like solve my. My multicolored dragon lord problem is also a rhino problem. True, true. Yeah. And and it'll be interesting to see if it picks it, if it does pick up. Like I think that the placement in the block for this card is really good because like when Theros rotates out and we lose downfall, but we lose Stormbath, fine. But like we lose downfall, we lose Polychronos. I, I think it's still going to be it's going to be a real big go to for us. I think post rotation, it's going to yeah, be a really nice be. staple to have. So I was really surprised to see it. I, I think it's going to be a pretty good reprint. But yeah, like I said, I, I think Sarkin is, is actually pretty good. Like, I'm not looking to, like, main ball four of these guys and, like, let's go deep on the brewing. But I think that if that's the deck and the, and the team or mid-range deck that you're looking to build, that's, like, all this is very obviously going to be more dragon-centric uh, and, like, bigger than the traditional builds as they exist today, I think it could be pretty sweet. So. It could be good. I think. Narrow, but good. Yeah, I think it's super narrow. I, do. I don't think narrow cards can be good. <laughs> I think narrow cards can be fine, but I don't think they can be good. Okay. If that if that makes sense. No, that's fair. I, I mean, I can appreciate that. Okay. Um. So, Narset, we just kind of, like, smoothed over her. We let KYT, like, bask in her glory for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so yeah, I... go ahead. I was just going to it and then hit the Sarkin. So, so, so I like I I like my final opinion. I think I like Sarkin. I think he's going to be very playable just because even if you kill it, you leave a body. And well, it depends on the deck. If it's like a type of Jundish, I haven't played Teamer ever in my entire um, yeah. career mm-hmm. since it's started uh, being in standard. But if it's a deck that can play the grindy game, I mean, just like on an empty board when you're grinding, the the draw card is definitely an ability that you really want in the late game. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's why I think it's quite good. Um, Narset, not very impressed by anything by her except for her giant um, butt. Yeah, and like their giant butt might be enough. It might right, be, right. except for Hero's Downfall. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, other than Hero's Downfall. Dies to Doomblade, yep. But I mean, story. like, but this isn't a creature. This is, like, that's. That's that, that argument has to be relevant some of the time. And like I said, if if every single deck is playing Hero's Downfall, then, like, that's super relevant. That's that's not just a dies-to-Doomblade argument. 
I just don't think like other like other things like the Sarkhan, like even if you have downfall, like I said, you can get value yeah, from get it from either it. ability. And yeah. this one, it's like you might not get any value from the plus one and yeah. The like minus two is just fine. Okay. I, I just can't think this, of... This is Dombey Raid for control decks. Now now, what do you think of Narset? <laughs> like, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, okay, so Narset in, like, the sh- the do-nothing shell uh, goes up in value. Yeah. Uh, because, like I said, I have one creature, right? Yep. So 20, 27 lands, one creature leaves me with 32 non-creature spells. Correct. So I probably plus one to draw a card. And then maybe but what like, you do is you, you minus two, uh, a removal spell or a wrath, and then it continues to lock your opponent. Out. Yeah, we, we for sure talked about this. Didn't we? Didn't no, 100% about, no. 100% no. Didn't you talk about how this card is so bonkers because you minus two treasure crews? And then I said, like, yes, that's like magical Christmas. Was this on Twitter, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was on you're Twitter. Ima- or you're yeah. imagining things. <laughs> yeah. No, so it was on Twitter for sure. sure. It was on Twitter I, for I, sure. Yeah. I've already heard what 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 Scott just said. I heard that in my head and was yeah. like, I've literally heard that. No, out and that's, that's what it was. It was on Twitter. Yeah, because it was like, on Twitter. Okay. Because like treasure makes... cruiser dig through time with rebound is fucking stupid. Well, yeah, obviously. Well, okay, spells. but like you can't tell me that that's best case scenario for her. Because, it is for sure. No, absolutely not. It's just that's like saying, well, you know, if you have a really you know a, a good creature on the table when you cast army raid then you can maybe fight your opponent's creature. that's what i mean that's exactly it like but that's like, like that's, her that's regular like, that's standard no, no, but, but what i'm saying is that that doesn't need to be said you're not you don't need to convince anyone that rebounding the best spells in a format is good sure but so even, if, even that, rebounding if that's some of argument, the most basic argument is that narset's good because she can rebound the best fucking spells on the planet yeah you got me she's really good but like i think the issue is that yeah with her plus one if we're going to compare it to Sarkin, and I like her better than Sarkin, but I like where KYT is kind of going. Her plus one is a, a potential whiff. It's not even just draw a card. Like, would she be so OP if her plus one was just draw a card? And then her minus two is good pretty good. It's good like, to it's, broken. It's pretty good, I guess. And, like, yeah, if you if you are casting double dig through time, like, I guess that's really good. I, In my experience, I've found that when I'm casting dig through time, I've probably already won the game. Like, it's not murderous cut. If I'm casting Dig Through Time, I'm normally I'm normally so far ahead that I probably don't lose this game. So, rebounding that is really great. I would never fucking think to rebound a Wrath. Oh, 100%. That's what you do with her, though. I don't think I would ever do that. Yeah. Because what are they going to play? That you need to Wrath so many cards, then you wouldn't just rebound Hero's Downfall, Bile Blight, Murderous Cut... Like, why would it be your wrath? So think about, your wrath think, about, think about this. Think about this, okay? You play her on four. Your opponent is playing Devotion, okay? Or some non... Because, like, there actually aren't... Like, not everybody is playing Heroes Down. Like, Heroes right. Downfall is now maybe 50% of the format. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. Okay? Because there's a lot of red-white, there's a lot okay, of so Jeskai, they're playing, they're and there's a shit whatever, whatever other deck. Whatever non-Downfall deck. So sure. you play... You play her on four, where you don't have mana to wrath, and what do you do with her? You plus her? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then you let's say half the time you whiff or you don't. Okay. Sure. And then what do they do that you've just blanked on your four? Well, because like, you're like because you... okay, so like so they probably play what like a whisperwood elemental. Okay, or whatever, right? Like the play they play a five drop. Okay. Sure. Very very likely Narset's not going to die. Okay, so right. she takes four. Right? So then you untap and you play end hostilities. Right? Yes. You like minus two her and you end hostilities, she's a one. Yeah. Okay. So now your opponent 
who would normally take the opportunity with you tapped out to resolve the bomb that they've been sitting on waiting for the post wrath mm-hmm. now cannot do that or else they will lose it again to the wrath. You then untap with full mana, their board clear, Except and that, ready like, to beat the if shit If they out. have a Whisper Elemental, they probably just kill you with their manifested cards that they sacked. Yeah, but then you kill all of their creatures with the other thing. Yeah, but they also kill your Narset. Well, that may be fine. Okay, but, but like, Narset killed the entire board. You, twice. You, you Wrath of God, his, his, his team, through a Whisper Elemental. Like, isn't that worth four mana? I think that that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Worth four and I mean, mana. and if it and if it does survive, then it is basically a howling mine for you every turn, or at least like sixty-five percent of the time it's a howling, because like you have to consider the deck that this is going to go in, right? Like I said, like this is like Domirate for control, and that's well, that's yes and, and no. if you like look I at said, it from that perspective, this have, card is very good. Thirty-two. If you have thirty-two non-creature spells in your deck, that's not sixty-five percent. Right, that's fifty percent of your deck minus your eleven cards you've already drawn. Okay, so it's so cards, so fifty fifty. I'm best, right? Right, but like you have fetch lands and all that stuff too, right? So like to mitigate those numbers and and screw around with all that. So I think that like uh, overall, you're not flipping over one card. Also, what? what? Sorry, you're not flipping over just one card with her. Right? Are you? Or is it? Look at oh yeah, it's just card, the top yeah. card. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just the top card. It's okay, literally yeah, so. it's literally dominated for spells. Okay. But it's non-creature, non-land card. So that's a cute thing, because you can reveal other Planeswalkers, which is something that is, like, totally worthwhile. Like, it's not just instants and sorceries. Right, yeah. You could flip artifacts. You could flip whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I think she's... I think you're, you, she's going to see a lot of play. There's no I, question she's going to see heavy, heavy play. Yeah, probably. And, I mean, I, I, think, I think she's going to land somewhere in the middle of, like... Busted, broken, stupid, and where you think she is. And I think she'll land somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Like, Domri Raid was played a lot, but he was never ridiculous, I don't think. He See, was always solid. I think, they, I think it depends on the matchup, too. And I think yeah. that's where this is going to come into, too. Like, if you oh, can yeah. imagine Narset in the mirror, like, oh, this, yeah. this is face-melting. Yeah, like, yeah, she's, she's, she's a card that breaks the mirror. But uh, that's the thing, it's like... There was always matches where you would side out your dominates. Oh, of course, of course, and there'll be yeah. matches where you side out, side out, nurse it. For sure, yeah. there will be, right? But I, I'm just saying, like, I think, I think you the the direct comparison is nurse it to dominate, and but, but you, but like, you don't have to play fucking elvish mystic to make her good. Yeah. So you get to instead play all these sweet friggin' spells, and she's still insane. So I, I think she's gonna be great. Um. What do you guys think of Roast and Anticipate? Can we talk about those two cards for a sec? Sure. Uh, sure. Anticipate yeah. is two mana with a blue, like one one and blue. Look at the top three cards of your library, put one in your hand and the rest on the bottom. Like, instant. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You probably play it in every blue deck, right? Every control deck probably plays some number of these. I'm like, assuming. This is, this is not quite telling time, right? No, no, but it sees further. It, it digs further. Yes, it digs further. Yeah, it digs further. So for like scape shift and modern, I could see anticipate potentially replacing being tested. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just because it gets you one card deeper. Yeah. The one thing that I like about telling time in comparison is it does kind of like provide you that like you can hide a card on top of your deck, providing absolutely. you like protection from thoughtseize, which is and something that this deal. is missing, right? Like, yeah. but. I, but you can also cast this at instant speed. Telling time you cast it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
But yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but I, I think the fact that this is like an instant speed library manipulation spell, or like mm-hmm. like an instant speed dig spell, is pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Um, roast? Red 1 sorcery. Roast deals 5 damage to target creature without flying. Yeah, I actually looked at that and I thought, like, that seems actually, like, super good currently. Because there's not a whole lot of flying creatures right now that are seen play. And a lot of the big fat dragons are, I don't know, maybe going to see play, maybe not. Well, you really made to kill Rhino? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, like they said it was made to kill Rhino, but it also kills Tassiger, it also kills uh, Pelucanos, kills Corsair, kills Whispwood Elemental. Like These are all like legitimate threats to kill for two Yeah, mana, and it's like right? two mana, it's an instant? It's sorcery. Oh, sorcery. Yeah, yeah that was the other thing, is like I kind of thought like maybe as a sorcery, like maybe it's not gonna... Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the question is, you gotta ask yourself, like, would you play this at Red two at instant speed, like I don't think he'd even play it at red two, instant speed or not. Mm, I don't know. Maybe so I, I think I don't know. I I think it's it's going to be really interesting. Um, going to see some really sweet play. Uh, right, obviously. I mean, it's almost like uh, I'm trying to think. Like, isn't it like more? In some matchups, it's like better than Chain to the Rocks, just because like you don't want to Chain to the Rocks a Siege Rhino a lot of the times. Yep. Whereas this one just like toasts it, roasts it. <laughs> um. So, and a lot of red decks just have trouble with these like big butt guys, and this just like is a very good, could potentially be an all star sideboard card. Agree. Yeah, I think Mono Red picked this up and uh, Abdent some trouble. Like, this still doesn't, like, this still kills everything under those creatures, too. You know, like, two mana still kills Lion, Death Dealer, Warden, like, everything out of Abzan Aggro. So that's, that's also probably something to note. And fucking kills Corsair, so. Yeah, that's real big, I think, for them on two mana. Yeah, yeah. I like this card, I like this card a lot. Yeah. Yep, agree. Um... The Mythic Descent of Dragons. Red Red 4 Sorcery. Destroy any number of target creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller puts a 4-4 Red Dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. That's a sorcery as well, right? It's a sorcery, yeah. Just slightly unfortunate, but... What do you think? Combine that with Dragon Tempest? (laughs) Oh my goodness. We need to have 80 dragons in order to make that work. That's right. I mean, you don't even need 80. You could just deal a lot. I don't know, like six mana sorcery just seems like it's just asking to be countered. Probably true. Um, in limited, obviously, this this is probably just a bomb. Probably. Yeah. Especially like, like if you're manifesting at a paper forge too, and you just like kill all these lands yeah. that I manifested. And exactly. Like yeah. Like it. But just yeah, yeah at, at inst- or, I mean at sorcery speed, it just seems like it's. Uh... That seems like a really powerful nerf. <laughs> I don't know why it couldn't... Like, at, at that much mana, it couldn't have been instant speed. I oh, guess. man, maybe, instant would be a fucking maybe blowout. Maybe it's, like, uh, yeah. powerful. <laughs> it's just like, your your opponent's attacking you, and you're like, like nope! <laughs> Even well, your guys are tapped. Even if they're tapped, you just yeah. make them dragons, block yeah, their that's team. True. GG's. But like so, so like <laughs> this card is like, eh, at six and a sorcery, but like, playable at seven and an instant? 
Maybe. Maybe. Because, like, there was a card that was similar to this that was played in Red Deck Wins that was uh, Summoning? Summoning? Savage Summoning? Where, like, it was one mana and you could, like... Devastating Summon. Yeah, and it was it was like one mana. You sacked all your lands, yeah. but then you put that many X, like you put X X X's into play, equal to the lands that you sacked. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, uh, d- yeah, d- 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 uh, devastating summons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like that card costs one mana. Yeah. So like I don't know this. This seems as good as that, but like worse now because it's like a six mana sorcery, like. And limited, yeah, you you play this probably every time in limited. But yeah. like, does this make it out of limited? I'm thinking you're making me think of the um, the blue card that does this. Tower of Need, the frog. Yeah, Th- this oh, one's a little Hour bit better. Of need with the, it's the one with kicker. Like, I kind of like this in like a red green devotion style deck where you can turn all your mana dorks into something useful. Yeah, that's yeah relevant. Yeah. No, no, Scott has it right. Hour of Need was the card I'm looking. And that was insane. What is Hour of Need? Turns you, it, you like you kill guys or exile guys, and it turns them into the Sphinxes. Yeah, into four four flyers, blue four four. Oh yeah, but it was at instant speed, and you could multi kick it a bunch of times. Yeah, and that would always blow people out. Or like, if I can instant, like you can just totally. It allows you to just end of turn kill them. Like it's just really or allows you the fact that. It's instant makes it too powerful because if they have a removal spell for a guy, you can just upgrade it to a four four. So you had those situations as well. So, um, yeah, I think I think if if uh, this six mana spell was an instant, it'd be too good, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like even at seven, though. Like obviously, if you're you, you like if it's if it's good at six at sorcery, you can't just make it six instant. You need seven instant or something. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be as good as hour just because hour you could like strive for however you want. But I've like I've been blown out when it was strived uh, for two more times, so that would be exactly seven. So it'd be like a worse a worse hour of need, basically. I right. Guess. Yeah. Um, Dragon Lords and commands. Are there any that stand out to you as being particularly good or bad? I really like the value on Dramolka. I think that. I'm not sure that, like, Dramolka is a great card to be played, but, like, I don't know if it's going to see a lot of play, but I feel like there's a lot going on there that all adds up real well. Like, I think that it's just a really well-designed, fair, you know, and especially when considering the scope of the other Dragonlords, like, I really, really like Dragonlord Dramolka. 5-7 yeah. five, five, for green-white 4, can't be countered, flying lifelink, and your opponent can't cast spells during your return. Like, yeah. I- I just feel like all the stats add up. Like, if I were looking at a card and go, could this make it in cube? This could probably make it in cube. Actually, I was thinking about that. I don't think I played in cube. Okay. Uh, I I like the other Dramoka better. Oh, the yeah? The 5-5 five, five, five bolster Dramoka, yeah. Sure. And I mean, that that's probably fine. Like, it probably fits. And if, you don't play both. Com- no, no, no. I agree. You so, don't play both. Yeah, so if you compare the, the two, it's got to be one of them. That's yeah, I better. like the other one better, I think. But if the other one didn't exist... Oh, yeah, then I would probably play this. This is probably a good enough white-green card to fit. Yeah, and that was, that was, that's what stood out to me about, stood out about it to me. Yeah, like, this is a limited bomb. Like, anybody that plays this, I mean, I guess anybody that opens this in their stupid seeded pack. Every single one of these dragon lords are bombs. Yeah, yeah, I just mean, like, this is, like, a frustrating bomb. (laughs) This is, like, a, like, this is the, this is that stupid angel that resets your life total. Ah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is the, 
the like, oh, I did everything I could do in my limited game, and then it didn't matter. Um, bom, 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 bom. So yeah, she's she's very frustrating. Um, like Dragon Lord Atarka, for example, is like obviously a limited bomb, but I don't think that she's as good as Dramoka. Really? Yeah. Like, I think not being able to play spells on your turn is huge. Not being able to counter your guy, huge. Lifelink with a big butt is, like, super huge. Um, <laughs> like, that that stuff that in limited games, like, turns you around. Like, Dragonlord Tarka is, like, really good at just finishing the game, absolutely. Like, you're going to play it and just either, and just beat you. Eat, but I feel... eat a creature or, or f- a few, and then yeah. still have an 8-8 flying trample. Yeah, I just feel <laughs> like if you, if you, uh... If you can answer the the like, there's just more answers to the Dragon Lord. Or, I mean, to Atarka. And if you can answer that, then it's like you're far behind. But with like, I mean, you can still, I guess, I guess it has trample, so you can't block it. So maybe yeah. they are pretty close. But like, I just feel like I really hate seeing like Dramoka style cards across the table from me because yeah. there's so few things that you can do, and uh, it pulls them into the game so quickly. Like, you know, it's fair. Also, I'm really upset that Cunning Breeze Dancer just doesn't have double prowess. That's fucking stupid. Well, because prowess as a keyword doesn't exist in the set. Oh. Yeah, no one has prowess. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's also stupid, then. Well, they just, they never figured out the prowess because they got all dragony. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. All right, fine. That's garbage. But you'll notice that a lot of their dragons have abilities that trigger when you cast non-creature spells. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's kind of partially there. Well, it shows, like, how they kind of cut out certain aspects of, of like, the like the Dragon Lords are really two-color lords, where we went from, like, a three-color system. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, uh, story-wise, the Abzan got rid of the Necromancy. So yep. now they're a white-green guild. Uh, the... Uh, whatever, like, uh, or whatever. Like, they, they, they all switched over to, like, a two-color type setup. And it's like they all lost a certain ability because they did that. So they kind of like have like this little story nonsense going into it. Um, what do you guys think of the command cycle? I mean, we talked about, I think, did we talk about a Jutes command? I thought it was pretty good. The Tarka's command is something else that I think both of those cards are going to see a lot of play, but Silimgar's command and Kolagon's command are new this week. Uh, I don't care about Colligan. Silinger, like, might be, like, a... Oh, so who the fuck little... is Colligan? Like, is that... Dragonlord <laughs> Colligan? Have you not seen this card? No, I have, but who the fuck is that? That's the like Dragonlord. Atarka was in the last set. Oh, so was Colligan. They was all he? were. Yeah. Who yeah, was he was the dash one, the dash dragon. Oh. Wow. All right, well, that makes, that makes sense, but I don't know who that guy is. Silinger is pretty sweet. The command? Yeah, I think it has a lot of good things going for it, but like, like I think I think I like this is the closest good. one to cryptic. I think this is closer to cryptic command than a Jutes command. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I, like I just look at it. I, I think actually... Clutch of the Undercity. Sure, I like Silumgar's command. I, I, it's a little expensive. I think. I think that's the case too. I think at five mana, it's a little high um, to make it good. Like I think at four. At four mana, this is decisively like pushed for play. Yeah. I think. Like at and five, I, yeah, it's Col- just it's Col- lawfare. Colgan, 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 Colgan. I've literally never heard this person before. Colgan, Colgan. His command 
is shit. But then you realize, <laughs> then you realize that it costs three. Yeah, yeah, so, and it's a worse blighting. Yeah, like I mean, that's probably what you're going to be doing like every time with this. Almost always is just fucking. And even if you're shocking and raising dead, that's probably not bad. Like I think the implications of of Kolagon's command. I think that this one is way more limited playable than yeah than like many of the others. And it, and then that's probably why it costs three. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a Dromoka's command, I guess. We yeah, we just it. haven't seen it yet. And maybe it'll cost six to fulfill the prophet. Two, three, four, <laughs> five, six. That makes sense. And then Atarka's command, I think, is good. And again, I think it's because it's two mana. Like, yeah. this card is not super great at a higher mana cost. No. But it, it is pretty good at two. Like, you have a Skullcrack, which is fine. Sauce and play. Yep. Right? In the first two modes, I think you have, the, ex- you have explore. I think the instant speed land drop is actually what makes this very good. Yeah, like that's pretty good. Um, the fact that it doesn't say you may play another land this turn, like you you put it into play. Yeah, like that's pretty good. Um, and then creatures getting one one in reach. I'm not sure if that's good. Maybe it is. Uh, it's probably good and limited. Like that's probably a very good limited ability. It's also flying, something that like the de- wins limited. Games it's something games. that the decks that are bad against Mantis Rider are out one for as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, definitely very, very good. Hmm. We'll see play. Yeah, my favorite ones so far are the blue ones. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good they are, but yeah. they're sweet. They say counter and draw on them. They're fucking awesome. And destroy plate, target planeswalker on it. Like, yeah, come on. I I think Elspeth is going to be a really big card. She's not seeing a lot of play right now, but I feel like with like I'm looking at this set and everything is it dies to Elspeth. Every fucking big card dies to Elspeth, and I think that the format may continue to slow down and Elspeth be really good right now. Oh, I, I I really like Anafenza. What if she uses like a two two bolster? Two two and yeah, every non token creature you enter the battlefield, you bolster one. Yeah, that's a that's like a really good value card. Yeah. I think that if they made her able to work with tokens, she'd be like really absurdly good. Yeah, probably insane. And then obviously we have a very rare opportunity. Um, I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't I'd like Dragon Lord's prerogative, potentially uncounterable opportunity. I'd, yeah, I don't really like that card uh, either. Opportunity is opportunity. Well, nice to draw cards. That's I guess. true. But, but did like that ever get played in uh like in a format? Like I don't remember when opportunity was recently around. Yeah, it was played. it was played. It was played oh, it was? a couple okay. of yeah. I mean, yeah, it got played when Sphinx's Revelation was legal. So really, definitely yeah, because somebody wanted like five or six Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah. Um, so Silimgar's, and they had to make it rare because it broke limited and uncommon. Yeah, that, and that's the real problem with it. Um, Silimgar scored. That's good. So blue, blue, instant, uncommon. As an additional cost to cast it, you may reveal a dragon card. Its mode is its ability is counter target spell unless its controller pays one. It is a two mana force spike. Okay, for any spell. If you revealed a dragon card or controlled a dragon as you cast Silumgar's Scorn, two very important separate points yes. of distinction, counter that spell instead. 
Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's something. Definitely something. Oh, it's something. Definitely something. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, that's that's spoilers. Pretty pretty sweet. Do you feel spoiled? I feel a little spoiled. Not gonna lie. Good. A little spoiled. Jay, do you want me to send this to you, or do you want me to read it? Well, I'll read it if you don't mind. Yeah, you gotta Jay's, you. Jay's got to read the poop stories. Yeah, that's our that's my my claim to fame. All right, then I'll send it to you. Kin tree spirit and offends a spirit soldier. Hmm. Interestingly, she's not a warrior. This Anafenza. It's true. That might have been too good. Yeah, maybe, yeah. There's a new card that was spoiled that's all Asian languaged today. The black one. And it's kind of interesting. Seven mana, so five black black. It's called Hedonist Trove. Yeah, Hedonist Trove. It's got really great art, P.S. Uh, so shout out to Peter Morebrick. <laughs> Mobrich? Man, I can't really read that, guys. I apologize to Peter Mobrich. Anyway, Hedonist Trove. Seven mana black enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you exile all cards from target opponent's graveyards. And then you can play lands that were exiled that way. And then also, once per turn, you can cast a non-land card ex- or exiled that way. Now, I just read this out loud and realized that it doesn't let you cast them for free. Correct. So that's a little worse than I thought, unfortunately. Yeah. Because I think it's seven mana at a black enchantment. Being able to cast one spell for free is not too much to ask for, right? That's not too too powerful. That's why they let you play the lands, though. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Sort of, yeah. Okay. Like, there's something really cool about this, like, if Again, like, you know, you talk about, like, cards that will break mirrors in, like, stalemate games. So, like, the Abzan versus Abzan match. Yeah, um, You yeah. used to have, like, the old, like, Jund versus Jund where you'd have, like, people playing things like, uh, what was that, that Golgari spell that uh, you milled cards and then you got a random card back to your hand? Deathbridge, Deadbridge Chance. Oh, Deadbridge, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to outvalue you. And that's where this Trove card comes in really strong because it's like, you can do... Fetch lands to pull cards out of your library. You can always cast the best spell in your gra- your graveyard each turn. Like yes. maybe you need to have like a Doom Blast. Maybe you need to have a Wrath. Maybe you just need to keep bringing back that Siege Rhino that they keep get dealing with. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, similar to like uh, similar to Tassiger, I guess. Kind of, yeah, very Tassiger like. Right, it just I'd rather like, play Tassiger. Yeah, he yeah. costs six mana less. And he and he lets you like and you're you're already playing the cards that you are in your like in your deck that you were playing anyway, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you're playing those cards for a reason. Why not play them more than once? Like even in that in that video of the of the sneaky um, thoughtsies where the guy's uh, Tassiger dies, he still spends the mana to get his thoughtsies back. Why not? Right? Yeah. Um. So. I think yeah, Tasker is probably better. I think this card is interesting from a design point of view. I would. It'd be nice if we had a little bit of like, I guess like it's it's kind of wanting your cake and eating it too kind of thing. Um, I think if we knew everything about 
uh, how Wizards does stuff, then obviously the game would be a lot worse. So we'd probably have like a worse Magic. But it would be interesting to like like see the the development file for this and find out like you know did it start out that you could play any card for free instead of just any card like instead of just playing the card and was that too powerful like to me that just doesn't seem too powerful especially with delve in the format uh i don't know i think like dead bird chance they probably would have had a chance to like explore that yeah and like with dead bird chance like if with that one there it's like if it's a if it's a creature card you get to put it into play for free so like i, I imagine that they kind of balanced the free spell thing in that space. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay, read this poop story. Oh, uh, did you send it to me? Yeah. Email? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not my email open. So. Here it is. This poop story is entitled Trouble with the PTQ. Sweet, so it's hitting close to home. It's so good! Hey, guys, it's been some time since I've heard a good poop story on the cast, so I thought I'd share one of mine. I'm going into the seventh round of a PTQ. Feeling pretty good about my 5-1 record. If I can win this next one, I'm sure to get a top eight. But before I can do that, I gotta pee. Like, I really gotta pee. Like, I had to pee, like, two rounds ago. But because I'm playing a slow blue deck, I hadn't had time. Side note, I did this on Friday, where I ended my match and was like, Oh my god, I have to go piss. Do you mind reporting? And I just got up and went and took a piss. Because I'd been playing three rounds of slow blue-black do-nothing while having to piss. Because I drank two Tim Hortons Big Beavers. So I know exactly what this guy's talking So, it's now. Where I'm playing the next round with a wet lap. Quickly, I race to the tiny one-stall, one-urinal bathroom. And I'm thankful to see the urinal pull. Urinal is blessedly free. Yet, right as I'm about to unleash a torrent of piss, I hear it. Dante would fail to divine a hell where such a sound could be produced. <laughs> Shakespeare would be at a loss for words. It was as though someone had used a half-full jar of mayonnaise to store their loose change. <laughs> then, upon realizing their mistake, they overturned it in the bathtub full there. <laughs> Instinctively, I pinched off the deluge that had been building in my bladder all day, and we both... <laughs> We both sat in silence for what felt like forever. Did he know he wasn't alone? I didn't want to embarrass the guy, so I remained silent. Slowly letting just enough urine hit the black splash so as not to make a sound. But then it hit me. The smell. Of course. It was (laughs) rank. After a noise like that, it would have to be. But what threw me off was was the heat of it. As it heat. <laughs> As it basted me in its juices. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like walking into a steamy bathroom after someone else has showered. Somehow it was simultaneously sweet and spicy. Hot and wet. All bets were off. No longer did I care about his embarrassment. I had to get out and quickly. With one hand holding my thin cotton tee over my nose as a last line of defense, I quickly fire-hosed what was left in me out so that I might run free of it before it permeated my clothing. Oh, but he wasn't done. Suddenly aware he had an audience, he took it to the next level. I know it couldn't be, but I swear the stall began to shake as he bit (laughs) down and pushed. The noise I heard before 
was an en masse and constant as though he was a fountain of constantly replenishing himself with more. His grunting was barely audible above the rock concert his anus was putting on. (laughs) Needless to say, I bolted. The only clue I had to his identity were a pair of men's black dress shoes I saw under the stall as I ran past. Emerging, I found I could once again breathe. I also noticed players were finding their seats. I looked at pairings and found mine, trying to put the memory of the smelly man behind me. So there I was, shuffling my deck as other players found seats and... Yet I had no one across from me. I couldn't believe my luck. I was just going to get the freebie win into the top eight. I raised my hand. Then I saw him. An older man. In full dress suit. Black. Shoes to match. What kind of next level shit is this? (laughs) My opponent was the smelly man. He extended his hand and says, Nice to meet ya. I'm Matt. I continue shuffling and say, You too, Blaine. He seems perturbed by my not shaking his hand a bit, but let it go and we play game one. My mind isn't in the game. I keep thinking, what could he have possibly eaten? Is his his asshole burning right now? It has to be. Every time he'd fidget even slightly, I was thinking, he's rubbing his ass to the seat for a no-hand ass scratch. I wondered if he'd throw the underwear away if he had a medical problem because he was on some medication that maybe made him shit like that. I Before I knew it, both games were over. No top eight for me. I don't remember sideboarding what he was playing or a single board state, but I will never <laughs> forget Smelly Man. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. I gotta start doing that, like, just finding out what my... my probably next opponent is and then just fucking unleash a ro- an anal rock concert. Wait until he walks into the bathroom and then you just like run in right behind him. And just... Oh my god. It's awesome. Shit. Actual. Actual shit. Well thanks Blaine if that is your real name for hitting us with your hot spicy wet and sweet story. It was damn good. It was damn good. Holy fuck. And I know exactly what he means by hot stink. There are farts that are that have a heat to them. There Jeez. are. Those are the worst ones. They smell. Yeah, the hot the ones worst. always those smell like, the worst. Yeah, those are the bad ones. Those are like right off the log. Yep. <laughs> yep, I know. I hear your pain. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely good. <laughs> no, no. After like series of like suicide wings and then beers or whatever, and oh. you, you go and you have like the hot parts. Oh, oh my god! It's, the oh. best. it's and then like they create like the steam in your gin. And they're they're like so they can just be so little. They oh. don't have to be big. They oh. can just be like, yeah, like like <sighs> yeah, yeah. But they come through and you just like, oh god. <laughs> and you know everyone can smell it. Like, because that stink is not like, it's like, you don't get, ever it's, get the lucky it's deeply on that. It's deep. Yeah, it's, yes, it's pungent. <laughs> it is pungent. Yeah. And the worst is like, it's, so, you kind of get the, the advantage too, because if you know they're coming out hot, you know, you mm-hmm. know that they're going to stink. So you can kind of like, 
your significant other, you just like poot one out. You're just like, oh, I'm really sorry. That was a hot one. And they know to head for the hills. Yeah. Yeah. Or are you. I actually had one of those like bad ones, like the bad gas thing where it's like the girl I share an office with, like uh, on the the construction (laughs) site. I sat there and I'm on the phone and I just like let one go and like it was quiet. And I'm just like, I get a whiff and I'm just like pointing at her like, out, 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 get out, get out, get out. She's like, oh, he must be having a bad phone call. And I was like, I didn't have a bad phone call. She's like, what happened? I'm like, I fumigated that office. <laughs> She's like, well, why are you out here? I, like, I don't want to sit in that. <laughs> I'm not an animal. Yeah, I, I don't like my office sauna today. <laughs> it's awesome. Good show, Joe Ball. It's a good show. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, like that. We got to get a KYT shit story. Yeah, KYT, do you poop? I don't think he does ever. No, I well, I learned to never. I think it was GP Poston to never eat. I told the story already. I don't know which episode to never eat spicy food the night before a <laughs> tournament because I mean it happens to me. Like it was the players' meeting, and I I had to like find a washroom before the meeting was <laughs> over, and I'm just like holy, it looks like a big regret of mine. Like yeah, the cold sweat. Yeah, you, you never. Yeah, you never want to play like around and and feel like you need to take a dump like oh that's the worst and then like you just draw your bricking lands but so is your opponent (laughs) and you're just like oh just kill me yeah (laughs) just kill me (laughs) and then the player next to you is like who the fuck farted (laughs) yeah and you're like uh that was you And you just and if you're funnier and you say it first, then you win. So, oh, okay. I can never do the bluff. Like if really, you, if you, you if you were there and just say like, "Who the fuck farted?" Far, like be the first one to say that. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. You? you have to be the first guy to say it, and you have to say it to some. Like you have to say it was somebody else right away, and then everybody. <laughs> it's a weird social thing, but everybody will believe you. They'll be like, "Oh my God, Scott." Go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you're like, no, it wasn't me. It was KYT. We talked about this on the show. This was planned. I'm like, God damn it, man. Who ca- Just leave. <laughs> like, everybody, everybody believes you. Everybody. Yeah, I couldn't pull it off. I can't pull it off. <laughs> and you got to practice that. Like, that's how you get your next PTQ top eight. Just fucking, just fireball. Just bring it. And then practice bluffing. Yeah, and then, like, that was you. Or, like, oh, you need to get, like, some magic sleight of hand, like, ventriloquism, like, so you can <laughs> throw your farts. That's like South Park. Oh, like fart man. your hand and throw it at a guy. Yeah, like, fucking <laughs> fireball. <laughs> All right. The listeners are like, I'm eating lunch now, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are assholes. <laughs> nice. All right, well, uh, so that wraps the show. Any Jer, good luck this weekend, like we said. Um, Thank hopefully you. Hopefully you do very well. And uh, I guess... I have to win all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to jam some commander on stream this week. So just to kind of like build some holes, 
But that's pretty exciting because I the last thing I want to do is fucking play standard online against people that gain 500 life in a game. Oh yeah. So I don't have really much desire to do that. So I'm going to satisfy an itch and I'm going to play some commander online and make sure that I hate it. Great. Yeah, it actually looks like it would just be terrible. Yeah, so we'll see. Give it a shot. It sucks playing another person online. If you have to play, like, multiple other people online, It's not that bad. I have really big screens. Yeah, that's true. It's not that bad. But yeah, so we'll see. I'm going to give it a shot, and hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, then uh, lesson learned. No big deal. I guess Dragons is coming out soon, so I'll be heading out to pre-release for that, which is super exciting. And there's an MDSS, I guess, in April that's modern that I'm going to be going to. There's an MDSS this weekend that's actually happening in Montreal. It's the 6K. It is the biggest purse available at an MDSS to date. Jesus. Yeah, man. Standard. So if you guys want to go and break uh, the green-white decks in half, then go and play Blue-Black Do-Nothing <laughs> with lots of Perilous Vaults and multiple copies of Erebos and tell them to yeah. go fuck themselves. Just fuck them with that shit. Yeah. I have no idea where I'm just covering or playing that event, so... But I will be there, so... So make sure you go and see KYT and uh, tell uh, Peter that... Uh, it, Peter and Sal that it's awesome that they told me about it, otherwise you'd never hear of it. Never have heard about it. <laughs> yeah. And wish me a happy 30th fucking birthday. Yeah, because it is actually, when this comes out, it's actually KYT's birthday. So, I wish I was coming up there, man, to, like, celebrate with you. That would have been actually pretty sweet, is being able to, like, go up to the fucking MBSS for your birthday. We should have planned that. You <laughs> fucking should have done better. What a, what? Yeah, what a fucking what? Are you even friends with us? Like, I like That's no so- invitations. No love. There's no... Uh, well... There's nothing. I've I've been always been pretty low key on birthdays, so there's actually nothing planned. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> 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 When's your birthday? March what? Twelfth. Twelfth. The Thursday. Twelfth uh, is the Thursday. Exactly when this comes out. So not March fourteenth. No. 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 Lucky men that are born on March 14th on Steak and BJ Day. So good. The best. <laughs> the best. Yeah, Steak and BJ Day. It's like Men's Valentine's Day is March 14th. You didn't know that. Look it up. It's a thing. It's real. National holiday, you know. Thing. Hmm. I'm going to see if I can use that to my advantage, but. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You Absolutely, should. you should. <laughs> yeah. No, no, daylight savings. It's the fourteenth. Get down there. <laughs> daylight savings. Oh. All right, guys. Have a good one. We will see you all next week. Goodbye.